Mastering the Storm is the Heroes of the Storm podcast on the Anchor.fm platform. Heyo! Welcome, welcome, welcome to Mastering the Storm. I'm your host, Aldo, and I'm joined... Wenzeltron! You cut yourself off there, so I was, I was taken aback. I did? <laughs> A little bit. So, I do use push to talk. Yeah, I know. So it's, it's Probably okay. should. Probably shouldn't, you know. But not, not during no the podcast, but it's whatever. <laughs> I like it because then if you're talking, I won't interrupt you by with a call mm-hmm. or something. That's fair. But uh, so how so how was your? So let's see. This week it's uh, just chugging away with the senior design project. The physical structure itself is more or less built at this point, so we're we're getting ready to start implementing all the electronics to it. Um, but other than that, my week is weird because I am leaving this weekend for University of Michigan to visit my friend for a Halloween party. So I've been getting like a Halloween costume and stuff, and I'll be leaving Friday afternoon-ish because it's like a five-hour drive for me to get up there. Mm. Yeah. So that'll be fun. And I might be doing a podcast up there for the other channel, too. Oh, so, nice. Yeah meeting uh, one of the professors up there who's got like five PhDs or something crazy like that so yeah wow. <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's like the the head of the SVAs up there okay student veteran association and okay. uh, he's just a really interesting dude so hopefully that'll happen and then uh, yeah Halloween party you know drinking the whole deal should be fun it'll be nice to kind of get away and have a, a little bit, bit of a decompressing weekend because normally my weekends are just uh, work and and repeat basically. <laughs> so it's really not that exciting on average. Cool. Yeah, um, my week's been pretty eventful. Uh, you know, I was dealing with some family issues over the weekend, but I've been playing a lot of hots. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, I did finally make the decision to stop raiding, stop playing World of Warcraft. So oh wow! Just, so you've, you've committed. I've committed. I've sent the Dear John letter to my, my, my raid mates and stuff. They understand. And it is difficult because I did enjoy playing the game with them. It's just the mm-hmm. game is just not interesting to me anymore in that repetitive grind. The story and, you know, the, the initial kind of run-through stuff, mm-hmm. yeah, it's fun. But sitting there doing the same thing week for week, you know, just eh, not that interested anymore. I've done yeah. it. Yeah, and this is way more interesting to me. And in fact, it's like having that break is like now I'm taking it more serious to learn heroes. And I've kind of taken it the time to kind of spend time in the training in the lab and the cute quick match learning both Mephisto and um, Maev, you know, two heroes that I purchased, but um, didn't really get a chance to play a lot. And, oh, okay. Yeah, and I'm really starting like with Maev, you know, she doesn't fit in every comp. I mean, that's... that's yeah, we're literally just she, talking about that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, when she does fit, she's, you know, she put outputs a lot of damage. And, if, you know, it's very micro-intensive. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, with regards to trying to land your Umbra binds, um, where you try to either hit the two heroes or you try to hit the minions, like, in front of them, that triggers to hit the hero. Yeah, because right? you still... It's like an AoE, right? Like a, like right. a micro AOE around her from the umbral bind. Yeah, and so and then you obviously have to push them back or pull them back. But when you do that, you get the stacks. That and then that's the thing is she does bonus damage if you take the bonus damage talents and also gives you armor. Uh, so yeah, so that plus the Q, you know, mm-hmm. um, learning how to land those and then have it to avoid stuff. But actually, you really do need a good. Go 
I was gonna just add like there's like some really cool combos you can do that are like kind of annoying where you do like Johanna or something with um Maev you know yeah, <laughs> yeah pull them in pull yeah them back, like you know, then just Q Q Q Q Q you know, right because like, they're all stuck in there. the nightmare scenario for anyone because I think Johanna's condemn is basically the same size as um everyone like whatever else is the um uh, what is that? Warden's Cage. There we go. I was like, what alt yeah. is that called? <laughs> but yeah, like, it, she's, she, I think you just have to build it right. Or like, with the right team. Not her, yeah. specifically. I think her builds are kind of fluid in some way. Just don't go e-build, though. Yeah, e-build's pretty, pretty done. Yeah. But, um, I, I really do think the Umbral Bind build, the W build, is probably the best build, mm-hmm. along with a Blaze or, or Johanna. Anything that's going to bring the he- multiple heroes into a, a box to right. which you can then wail on them. And you, know, think, you guess, can put up some serious damage. Hmm. Arthas would even be useful, probably, too. Cause yeah, with the slows. The, the circle of doom around Arthas for slowing. Huh. I, I, I didn't think I, about that I, until I, right now. Yeah, I like her and I like Mephisto. I think both of them are very interesting heroes. Of course, then Phoenix is interesting. URL. I don't really have a good time playing with the URL for some reason because she seems... I think she would be good because if you get the Emerald Bind on him and then URL knocks him away, yeah. that would Ooh, be awesome. That'd be cool. Yeah. I think I, still, <laughs> I think you and I are going to have to have a, like a dual queue like kind of... Uh, youtube channel where we do like we just practice two heroes and take it in and like I, I would love to do that that's like my favorite thing about this game like you know we've been you've been seeing me and mike's uh toronto diablo deal going on yeah. <laughs> like i i think going back to the url thing though real quick is like people get too w happy especially when yeah. you have a hero that has instant cooldowns you know um they they just don't think about how they're using the ability right they just like oh this is right. an opportunity for use my ability i'm going to use it right they don't think about like mm-hmm. how is this going to put this hero in a place for my team to capitalize like how many times have you seen like a kt like try to land a, a q because the url jumped in and then the url just immediately follows up with a knockback before the q goes off exactly <laughs> the URL, the URLs, i had to yell at one when i was playing on mephisto i was like you're, you're knocking him out of the circle <laughs> yeah don't knock him out you know, like sometimes it's better to hold on to cooldowns and wait, like just to give it a yeah. second, you know, and then you can do that. Like I do that a lot in Diablo where I'll like, I'll queue in. And if I, like, if I have the body block or something, I'll like wait until like they think they're going to be safe. And then I flip them over. Right. Like it's yeah. like, you don't have to use your abilities on cooldown. Like it's not ideal in any way. Like sometimes it's better just to auto attack a little bit, you know, and wait for your team to catch up. <laughs> Cause like by the time your team's there, they're like, Oh wait, they're already safe. So like, you engaged for nothing and now you're like half dead. Yeah. And I think that's the theme of this episode is creativity, right? Where mm-hmm. we, uh, that's what I was talking about. We were right. talking about last week. We were, you know, we're, we're, we're striving to see like the HTC. We look for those creative uh, builds and there's creative yeah. uh, team comps, but you know, here's the storm it has a lot of creativity built into it. Um, mm-hmm. It's it, from a very, from a top down point of view. And I think that, uh, you know, with regards to creativity, I think that sometimes it's undervalued and sometimes it's overvalued. And, you know, most people, they don't know how to quantify creativity. They, Absolutely. You know, sometimes, <laughs> and, you know, everything we can do 
it, so there's copying, right? You know, like taking something else and just copying it. Mm-hmm. But to truly be creative, and this is something I learned, was to actually you take two things and you combine them together to create a synthesis. That is right. being and, you know, um, creativity, usually it's not something, you know, you're not born with creativity. It's not something, it's something that evolves, you know. And, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things I've been running into this past weekend and on the Reddit forums is a number of people that are new players. And, you know, I started thinking about these new players and, you know, like, are we providing the environment for them to learn? Yeah. You know, how to play the video game are we giving them an where they know how what heroes to pick you know the mm-hmm. focus on the new player experience and you know a lot of people have been saying recently that the heroes of the storm new player experience isn't enough to prepare them for absolutely not i was i have a really good example of this too i think you were in that game with us was it i think you were where we had that i think it was bronze two it was like the last game we had before all of our crazy, ridiculous losses, right? Oh, yeah. And then there's the guy, they were a duo queue. One guy was a platinum, I believe, like plat one, almost diamond. So he's pretty good. And then there's the other, the new guy, and he was a, like a bronze two player with like a, I looked after the game, he's like 130 games played total. And he's jumping in a team league with a friend who's platinum, right? Okay. And, you know, like, to me... This is as much the friend's fault as it is, uh, I don't know who, like, it really, if you're playing with a friend who's that high ranked, he should have some sort of sense of the game to be able to explain things. Because this guy goes and picks a Chen first pick on Dragon Shrine. Oh, yeah. That That one. Yeah. And, And, like, I didn't care initially. I was like, cool, whatever. He wants to play Chen. Like, it'll be fine. We can capture the points. No big deal. Right? But then this Chen decides that he, he has no game knowledge, so he's just going to go and, like, be in the, like, center of the map and not be a solo laner and stuff like that. Like, he's not doing what, you know, people think of as Chen anymore, right? And so for someone like me, who's got, you know, almost 5,000 games played, like, it, it just felt really bad. It's like, come on, man, like... You, like at least you had a friend there to kind of like say, "Hey, maybe Chen's not the greatest pick, especially first pick." You know, and it just felt yeah. like our team had nothing. Like it just was meh. Like it was just completely just dead in the water. This weekend, I got I had two matches in quick match because I've been practicing. Like you know, where they were, uh, they were the one was playing Muradin main tank, and we were on Brexus holdout and the main tank was just going off, you know, like mm-hmm. just leaving their lane. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, so why is the main tank in a lane by himself? You know, right. like, exactly. so I just, that would, that would be what I would say. I'd say, why is, why is X, uh, outside? And, um, you know, then I, what was funny was after the match, what wasn't funny was his friend, because it was a three stack, mm-hmm. was you, you kind of started mouthing off at me in, in private chat saying, you know, hey, you're being toxic. You know, this person's a new player. And I would go, first off, I wasn't toxic. I just asked why the person was. And that's what, how I do do things in Here's the Storm. I asked the question, why? Why is X this? You know, and it's, 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 I realize that the person's new, so I realized what was going to happen. But by saying that, I'm hoping that I'm triggering them to realize that maybe they're not in the place they need to be. And more importantly, yes. maybe their friends will tell them since maybe they're on comms together. That well, that, I mean, that's the thing that drives me insane 
is if you're going to play Team League and you're not going to actually, like, communicate if you're, like, a duo or whatever, you know, like, I just, I don't know, I guess it's maybe me for assuming a certain level of communication that maybe is not taking place, but at the same point, like, I don't know, like, it just drives me nuts when you, you know, I, I guess it's part of the things where we're hoping this role thing happens soon yeah. because that'll really help change people's perception of these things. Mm-hmm. At least and I hope so. Is, and the thing that's really kind of frustrates some people, I think, especially in quick match, is that, you know, you could be like, uh, you know, my MMR is around 2,100. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm like 2,600, according to much higher than, But um, I match with people that are 1,500. You know, oh, my like, Lord. That's, that's a huge discrepancy. Well, well, think about it. It's a new player. So even even if they're like, say, 15, 16, 1,700, because, you know, the, the, the MMR goes up and down pretty rapidly when you first start playing. Right. The number of games, like I have thousands of games compared to someone that has right. like ten. Why am I being matched with that person? You know, it's like yeah, exactly. You know. That's the but, thing that know, bothers me in some way. But the point is, is uh, what we deal with sometimes is in the situation where there's disparity in MMR and stuff is the curse of knowledge. I'm finding myself not being able to relate to the new player. I mean, I know they're new. But I can't relate to them. I can't put myself in their shoes right now. Right. Well, yeah, too. I mean, (laughs) like, can you remember, like, back when we started playing, the hero pool was like (laughs) twenty. Yeah. So there was not not a lot of heroes. There's not a lot of heroes. You know. And the other thing, and and the other thing is, so one of the things when you talk about creativity, you talk about what's possible, Mm -hmm. and I think new players and players that are entering this this game, they're living in this realm of everything's possible, right? You know. There, but there's a lot of stuff to kind of like, yeah. you know, and the world of possibility is a great world to live in. It's a great perspective to have when you're trying to reinvent something. Mm-hmm. You're saying everything's on the table. But what happens is we live when the more pragmatic approach is the world of the measured, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the, the two worlds that we have in us when we play Here's a Storm. Everything's possible. Yeah, the Chen play could work it's possible but the pragmatism that's built into us uh based on the account level and such yeah they're probably not going to do very well and that's the that's the kind of the yin and the yang the tension that is you know matchmaking and i think that that's one of the things that uh many people complain about here's the storm and probably any mmo moba is this matchmaking disparity you know, the lack of how do we get these these new players up to speed so they feel that they can right. play the game. It's like, how do you... I guess that's the question for everything, right? Is how do you... Yeah. How do you increase the like rate of learning for anybody, right? For right. anyone jumping into anything new, right? Because there's always going to be someone that's ahead of you, right? Right. But how do you bring them up to a level that they can understand and be competent to a certain degree, right? Right. And then this leads into this natural discussion, is the game dying, right? Are we not getting enough new players? And, and I... You know, good. My, my gut reaction is that the game is definitely not dying. Right. But is, is it growing? Is it doing... You know, what is it doing? And no one really knows. It's just it's the, it's the topic only, du jour on Reddit every other only, day. Only is Blizzard game, knows that. And honestly, yeah. I don't care because I'm having fun playing it. And I play it with my friends. <laughs> But, you know, we this is the best time to kind of, you know, ask that question because right. we have BlizzCon, we have the hype coming up, 
is the game dying and what is a game that's dying look like because <laughs> that's I a mean, good question i don't know I, I haven't seen any blizzard properties die yet i've seen them decline you know diablo might you might argue was in decline mm-hmm. uh no new expansion i would say diablo's yet. stable at this point though and yeah. probably on the upwards swing of it right but more importantly Diablo is going to have a, this big renaissance this BlizzCon. We know right. that that's coming. It's, I mean, it's literally know, so. after the main event. It's going right. to be a thing about it. And we don't know what this thing is yet, but it's going to be important. Right. And then there's other things that have occurred. So, like, the Squadron, which is a Heroes of the Storm uh, uh, They're like ca- a YouTube cast. content creation yeah, YouTube, thing. Yeah, they were YouTube, they were Twitch. Um, they were part of this uh, gaming network, uh, Kyberries and MF Pally Time. You know, they went off the air. Two weeks later, Heroes Hearth picks them up. And now, you know, Heroes Hearth's got an entertainment division. Yeah, I know. That's crazy to up, me. <laughs> they picked up, you know, uh, Lords of the Storm is one of their podcasting. You know, oh, they're really? Basically building, I didn't know yeah, that. So, that's really neat. Yeah. So, you know, everything has atro- uh, entropy, right? You know, everything's dying. Everything, everything's dying. I mean, it's just love. Know, the, it's love. The universe. <laughs> But there's on a long enough timeline, we all on the survivability rate of everyone's didn't zill, right? <laughs> so right. we just don't know where we're at. And mm-hmm. with the game director leaving, you know, I think it's time to see, you know, we can start putting on the creative hats. And there's two ways I look at it. Number one, in two weeks, we're going to get a roadmap of where the game's going to go. Mm-hmm. This time last year, the focus of Heroes of the Storm was on improving, well, obviously the new hero releases. But really, the, the main news was this change to the format of the way the game was played, the tower structures, the performance-based MMR. There was all this emphasis on improving the gameplay. And I would say... Do I you think there's going to be a, something like that soon? Well, I think that that's Again? definitely... Yeah. I would say last year, the focus was all on this, and I would give them their... After a 365-day evaluation, I'd give them a B minus C plus on mm-hmm. their execution. I definitely feel uh, in the beginning it was an it was a D, you right. know, <laughs> like from say December. Well, more so from yeah, probably December. Whenever they implemented the performance based match regime, which mm-hmm. I think was the beginning of season two, uh, or the second yeah season two of the the twenty eighteen season. Mm-hmm. That's when it really the tri- yeah, all the gameplay changes in the beginning were fine. There was just some tweaking, but once they implemented the new uh, uh, M performance-based matchmaking along with that whole seating frenzy thing right they just set a bad oh, yeah, i totally team. forgot about the, the seating issue yeah and it's like that was like the february march time frame and tensions were high and then yeah. you know they basically then they go to what's it on uh, pax east or pax west i think it was pax mm-hmm. east and they they basically the reddit community is kind of up in arms and all they do is they talk about one hero, De- Decker Keen, and they talk about a comic book. And then Reddit explodes. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. you know, the Heroes of the Storm Reddit just goes, you know, apeshit. We expected and, so much more of you, Blizzard. <laughs> yeah. and, then they're, and then they're forced to kind of realign and kind of really talk about their roadmap. And, well, that's and when they started doing those, uh, the live stream stuff or the live yeah, the AMAs, Q&As. Yeah. yeah, there you go. And then they set themselves up for, you know, they, they committed to a series of things to get done to improve matchmaking. And they did the best they could. Mm-hmm. And then we're at today is the last thing they've made a change to is the team league thing, which I think is amazing. It's like it's reinvigorated the game. You know, I think it's one the of the best changes they could have done at this point, personally. But going into 2018, 
or going into 2019, I think that they gotta they 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 gotta really put a focus back on people playing the game you know, and having fun. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know my recommendation would be uh, Hero League dual queues, just so you have that. If you want to play with a buddy, have some fun with a buddy. Yeah, you can do that. The social features of the game: can we add clans? Can we add a better matchmaking? <laughs> can we add the the role? I mean, the clan thing is, was like from way back in the day, and this has been yeah. dead in the water since then, right? I, yeah, and I can't see the clans. I mean, the clans will be—they're there. I'm not saying that that's going to change. I don't know. The I think it, I think it would just be something that's integrated from the Blizzard communities thing that they added yeah. with um, WoW recently. Yeah. That—that's where yeah. that is going to come in. I, yeah. I don't see. I mean. It's a Discord. It's like a disc. It's good. Right. Yeah, I'm not it's, like, oh my god, oh my god, we gotta have it. Yeah. But then you know you gotta really think about the new player experience. You know, you do you want new players in this game? If you do, you're gonna have to make it so that there are things that casual players will want to play to yeah. stay engaged. And you know, the point about creativity though, um, with regards to this game, I think it is a there is a curve to learning. And mm-hmm. one of the things in order to appreciate something and to get better at it, I think what I've learned is there was this uh YouTube TED talk from a uh, a conductor by the name of Benjamin Sander. And he talks about is classical music dying? And you know, he has a very scripted uh, presentation if you 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 can see the ted talk but if you see other youtube videos he does the same thing so it's kind of a scripted thing i don't want to ruin that aspect of it Mm -hmm. but bottom line is that when it comes to performance and to where you change from just smashing buttons is when you learn to control your impulses and your intonation your impulses is the ability you know you learn to click the buttons at the right time (laughs) you know not just smashing them all together and that takes practice you know and you know, but also, and then intonation is how you smash those buttons and what order and what rhythm that you use, you know. And I think that this is something I learned. I didn't, wasn't aware of it when I was in school. I learned it after the fact. And, you know, I think that part of, you know, being creative, part of, uh, I guess, maturing in the Heroes of the Storm is learning how to just calm down, not worry about every hero, picking a couple of heroes and learning to play those heroes in a very kind of consistent fashion. Yeah. I, I think um, for me, it's, it's really just finding your, your niche in some way. And it's not even like a role because I think role can be daunting for some people. Cause there's a lot of soft skills um, exactly. that you don't, let's let me, let me try to phrase this in a different way. There's a lot of things that come with certain roles, i.e. healer and tank that are not effectively um, communicated to a player unless you play a lot, you know? There's a reason why I I try to... I take over the main tank role 90% of the time because I don't trust people, you know? And it's not to say another person can't do it. I just don't think people have that kind of, like, you know, conductor's cap, so to speak, of, like, how to look at the game in a way that they can be fulfill the role that they need to do. You know, because I because I, I think a lot of times the the main tank and support role are kind of the two guiding factors of the game, and if those don't you know work out like you'd expect them to, or or are not firing on all cylinders, it really um, hampers your team. You know, yeah. And in Blizzard's defense, they've tried to produce articles, HGC articles, and that kind of stuff, and mm-hmm. I do think that that is 
Um, then we have the YouTube content creators out there. You, not Paradox, yeah. Kala. And granted, you know. I'm totally behind on the times right now. I haven't come out in a yeah. video in a while. But, but you've tried. You know, <laughs> and that's the thing is, you know, I think there's the... I think there's some people that try really hard and try to produce really, you know, slick content. But then there's the people who just like you who say, Hey, this is my process. This is how I think. This is how I, yeah. think. you know, but, and I, <laughs> you're, you're not wrong. It's like literally how I look at it. It's like, it's not just yeah. about the game. It's about, here's how a way to look at the hero or the game right. itself. And I don't think people really are familiar with all the tools that are in the toolbox for Heroes of the Storm. Mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of people... Getting to the trainer is challenging enough, right? Yeah, it's like right. you have to click on the hero, look at the... Oh, there's a try mode. Okay. And you load the map up. All right. Well, how do I know what maps to do? Well, you know, you can do custom maps. Oh, I can? Yeah. So the whole thing around the custom maps and learning how to do that. And then what do I do when I'm in here, right? There's no, like, like, like I said with about Maev... There was no trainer for my ev. I had to like watch a couple of YouTube videos until I and then read a couple articles like mm -hmm. people written guides in order to get the like the the tips and the tricks and the ins and the outs. And then I had to practice those things. My ev by herself is a very complicated hero if you've never played any type of hero like that before. So you know, and the reason why I want to play her now is because I I can see the amount of damage she can do if you can just do a little bit of micro, and that's is this is the thing people are looking for. They're looking for those heroes that can be impactful in their game, right? Yeah, I mean, like, that's always been, like, a huge criticism of heroes, right? The, the right. Uh, oh, my hero can't carry kind of idea, right? Right. And, and I think I think more so now than ever, there's so many heroes that are effective in if you play them right, you know? Yeah. I think, I think the, the dev team has really gotten good at balancing the, you know, what what a hero needs to be rewarding skill wise, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I had a thought and it just left me. Well, one of the things I've noticed is circles are big this year on hero design. Everything's got a circle of damage or a circle of like you know. It's like whether it's Phoenix and his circle. <laughs> You're uh, right. They do have Phoenix this like is, circle theme going on. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, Mephisto has got a circle theme. Even Blaze has got that circle theme with combustion. Yeah, you know, like circle. Uh, Urel, big circle. <laughs> She's like you know a damage. Year of circles. That's what you call this year in review. It's like, yeah, I mean <laughs> everything that's concentric circles are circles. It's like you know what do we you know next year will be diamonds, I guess. You know, right. Yeah. Like, yeah. But, uh, yeah, but, you know, and that's the thing is, like, you know, I, I've always personally, when a new hero comes out, I don't like to play him right away. One, because I know they're going to get, either they're overpowered or they're going to get nerfed and the mm -hmm. way I play him. One of the things I liked about Mephisto was I got him just after the sec, you know, just after the first set of nerfs on him, mm -hmm. you know. And, you know, I didn't really get to play him, so I don't know perspective-wise if that was, if, which build was better. Right. You and I have had this conversation. You think Q build is pretty, uh, I think Q build is the way to go for now. The W build yeah. is okay. I just don't know how reliably it is able. You're able to stack. Cause it, cause a lot of players are now that they're getting used to Mephisto is they punish the, the blink. You know, yeah, they punish where he's at. Yeah. Where he's, you know, where he's going to return to. But you know, and that's the thing is I kind of like the W build. I like the right. power spike. If you take, you know, the, the spell damage. Yeah. I also like, um, Health is odd, you know, now because you know he's you know, once again, a lot of damage. You that's know, a weird that's one for you're... me, though, that he's kind of come back. Yeah, it's interesting. Same thing with Varian, I've been seeing so much tank Varian lately. Yeah, a lot of Varian, which is Varian also strange. 
Well, I, that's the thing. Go ahead. That's the thing. Everything gets like kind of recycled a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's it? Uh, Lieutenant Morales. Shields are big. Morales is back. She's throwing. You know, she's throwing grenades to take out shields. <laughs> so, oh yeah, she, I didn't even think about that part because it kind of just negates Phoenix. If he she, she's picked. like, yeah, she's a little bit like Decker King. She's got a, she, you know, she can pop shields. She can mm-hmm. stop people from damaging. She's got the whole. She's got the same sort of kit that uh, Decker King's got, except for she's got a healing beam, you know. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, so that creativity in Hots, it's not going to happen as soon as you become a new player. But you're going to, as new players, they do live in that realm of possibility. So them, <laughs> anything's possible. Right, and so they're going to try things out, but more importantly, then we deal with the people who think the game is dying because they don't have enough new players, or there's not a good new player experience. And but they, those people I, I, don't want to play with those new pa- players. Exactly. Maybe they, maybe <laughs> the paradox of choice. Yeah, and that's the thing is, I feel bad because if they're in my uh, in my game, I'm going to ask them the question. You know, why are you doing what you're doing? If they answer it, like I had a thrall, he just stood there on the point in Dragonshire, and there was a KT just throwing flame strikes at him. <laughs> like you gotta move, you just gotta move. You can't just sit there. You gotta move. Yeah. And like and like they're like you know, and they think I'm being a jerk to them, but I'm not. I'm just saying you can't just stand. You, you can't stand still and hear those torn. I know. <laughs> it's ABC. Always be creeping. You know. Always be moving. Always be doing something. Well, that's that's and a just, Starcraft term, isn't it? Yeah, ABC always be creepy. Yeah, and that's you know new players they just they don't know what to do. They're just standing there. Yeah, it's like there's know, a delay. Well, you know, it's yeah. kind of like I'm actually so I'm, re- I'm listening to the uh, an audiobook right now. It's um, Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. So it's like looking at all mm-hmm. the science of sleeping. Yeah, of course I listen to something like that. But anyways, <laughs> the, uh, the the science of it is that they, they talked about how if you are doing new new skill building right and. Mm-hmm. So basically, they give them like a pattern like of numbers, like four, two, three, one, four, and so what happens is your brain automatically starts chunking that little sequence, right? So it's like four, mm-hmm. two, three, and then one, four would be like the next chunk, right? Right, right. And so when they, so he, he talked about how when he's in the lab, like hearing these people, you know, type it out on their keyboard or whatever, you hear that audible like, you know, the first did three digits and then pause last ones you know and so that's kind of like what it's like for people who are just getting used to things right because they 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 see like the flame shot on the ground and then they're like their brain hasn't like you know quite equated what the delay is on it yet or like what that even is yet or whatever like there's so many factors that go into it so then they're like re-chunking that information to be able to react to it you know right and i think for me because for both of us even like since you've played so many games and we're so used to the skill sets that all the heroes have in the game we have this innate ability to be able to like get out of things faster than the average person if that makes sense because i I, you know i see a kt whatever like i'm able to get out of things unless it's well placed or i'm stunned or whatever right but like on average it's not like unreasonable to be able to get out of it if you're already moving right aside i think go ahead no, no. I think the two skill sets that I'm probably weak at is constantly auto attacking. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something you have to always AA. You always have to be doing your auto attacks. You know, I think I can, I, but I'm more conscious of it now. So, but I think that's something you know, like in a team fight, you got to be auto attacking as much as casting your abilities. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is using my escapes more effectively. You know, each hero usually has some type of escape, an E or something like that. Knowing when to do that a little bit more measured. 
I think it's something I can now practice. Now I'm really good with things like cleanse, you know, because I'm timing that. I know where I want my targets to be. And, you know, so, and because I'm a lot more conscious of my cleansing and stuff, that's not, but I know my escapes are some, they're the two things I got to work on and become more aware of. Mm-hmm. And this is just something I know about myself, you know, just right. playing the game. And I think that that's, you know, being aware of those, those limitations. And the only way you become aware of those is looking at your replays, you know, it's like, and having a, and that's part of the creative process is review, you know, yeah. it's practice. But then review, you know, and like, you know, if you're a musician, you know, you probably, you, I know like when I was a kid and I played my clarinet, you know, I wouldn't tape myself playing, you know, I just would try to, that's the worst thing you do. What happened was the teacher finally said, start recording it. And then after you, and then start listening to your playback about, you know, about an hour after you do it and see what you hear that's different. Right. And I think that's another discipline as part of the creative process of heroes is the review process. And once again, it's not a skill that's brought into the game. It's something that you have to learn to do, you know, and hopefully someone shows you the ropes. If, yeah. If you don't. I think a lot of times, you know, what I, what I try to do is like, especially with my friends, they don't play nearly as much as I do, but then a lot of times they'll just ask me like, Hey, what's the build here? Right. And I normally have like 90% of the builds in my head for like, you know, the top 20 heroes or whatever our meta, right. From mm-hmm. HGC. So I'm able to kind of just say, here's what you should do. This is why or whatever. And if they don't want to do it, whatever. But like, even for like the first five games, if they're just trying a new hero, I'm like, they're like, what do you, what should I do here? I'm, eh, just do whatever you want. Like, I'm not going to give you too much information. Cause I just want you to figure it out. Because I, I don't think overloading a person with information and, like, here's why and how is going to help them learn. Because you kind of just have to feel out the basic kit first and then what resonates with you, you know? Right. Exactly. Cause there's I, no, and that's that's the worst thing about this game is that, you know, there's a lot of reliance on builds. On, right, on builds. And, <laughs> you know, I think that they're there. They're helpful for the TLDR. But, like I said with my Ev, I you know, I watched a number of videos pre-nerf after nerf you know after nerf right and you know i started looking at some guides and then but I, I had to bring it into the trainer and i had to try some things out and even then there were things i just didn't comprehend right away right that i had to go and i had to read a couple other guides to go oh this is how i get that to work <laughs> you know and that's important like with mephisto i'm not going to go and calc- i could probably do the calculations in like you know hot slogs uh yeah you know, they have that sim- why they have like that sim yeah but what I do is I tend to just kind of go with my feel. Like if I'm playing against a double warrior, I'm going to go the spell power build, you know, um, only because I just, I know that my, one of my jobs is to get things low, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. like, I'm not, but I know that, that the only finisher I have is my ultimate. So I have to know, you know, I got to be away from the stuns because if I get stunned, I lose my ultimate, you know? And so basically I got to go in do a lot of damage, pop out, do a, st- and then do my ultimate and hopefully I get a kill. You know, yeah. See, I don't know so, why. The only thing I have against Mephisto right now is he's he doesn't fit the normal mage role, you know. Like, it's like you exactly. almost like you almost want him to be. I don't even like. I guess Genji would be the only other thing you'd like really. Like Genji Greymane or something like that would be on this team because he's like the poke mage almost, but doesn't finish right. No, he, he well he can, but like I said, it's more like he just does a massive amount of damage. Yeah, you, ever, you basically you ever well, it's kind of like Junkrat, right? We've talked about this before, yeah. where it's Junkrat can deal a massive amount of damage, but is it damage that kills people? Not really. Not, not really. No, right? except for his uh, his, his ultimate. Right. Know, Again, same scenario. <laughs> like it's just one of those things that you don't think about until you know, we're, like we're, it, we're Lee Ming 
uh, Gina, Gina and, uh, and um, KT, both KTs. KT, yeah. Well, yeah. KT, it's a com. He's a, just a blow up, you know, basically. Right. He yeah. Well, he's a one trick. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a one shot. He's a chick. He's pulling them in. He's kind of like Chromie, like the, a new Chromie in some ways, yeah. you know, where, but in, I think almost KT is kind of at that can be at the oppressive range in sometimes. Well, his slow, his spell power, you know, just that. And he has just so much spell power compared to most other mages that it's just like, yeah, you know. And then he just had the ability to blow up something, you right? Know? I mean, almost tanks too. Like I've seen a Diablo get exploded from a KT combo, right? Mm-hmm. The other, the other thing is, I guess, just keeping on the mage discussion would be like chain bomb. That is like one of the most. I don't even know. Like, it's just so unmitigatable damage, right? And it's like, if you have low skill level of awareness, right? Because it's like, it's not that it's not hard. It's not that it's hard to see. It's just that some people are just not paying attention, right? Because they're looking at their own hero and they're not paying attention to where they are relative to other people, right? Right. And the other thing is don't stand in a minute wave when you have a chain bomb because you're just giving him free clear. (laughs) <laughs> that's my thing. I was like, I go as far, I go into a bush. Like, I don't even, like, it's just one of those things for me is like, why would you give him free numbers? Like, pad his own numbers for you kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, but, you know, back to this, you know, the, the creativity um, thing. Oh, it's, yeah. The, the, you know, the thing about, go ahead. Keep going. You know, about I'm just saying up. that, you know, <laughs> just the, the whole thing with creativity is it's, it's, developed and here's this term i think that there's a there's a theory that you're never going to get there you know because everyone else already knows it i i, I definitely I, just, I don't know what i don't have the solution i just know that it exists that there is a element of creativity that's in here's this term that i don't see feel in other games right now other than starcraft or mm-hmm. maybe you know potentially overwatch because overwatch has that you know the it's a first person shooter yeah. counterplay that kind of stuff so and Go Keep going. No, no. I want to either finish your thought first. No, and that's really where I was kind of saying is I think that you know part of this uh, mastery is learning to be creative. You know, and right. but it's work. You know, you it's like you can't just look at a build and say I'm gonna that's the build I take. Yeah. You got to take that build into the lab. You got to go and you got to tweak it. You got to get got to get your micro and your macro, your impulse control. Like today, I was playing my app. And I kept expecting this blaze to go in and stun it. And, I, and when I think he's going in, he doesn't hit his stun. And then I'm in the middle of like a shit stun. <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm doing everything. I'm, I'm spamming all my abilities. And then he's like, look, you got 11 deaths. I'm like, yeah, because I don't have any, you know, you stun him. Then I umbra him. And mm-hmm. then I just, you know, wail on him with a Q and they should be all dead. But, you know, you right. keep your stun and you're like going, you know, I'm dying. I'm the squishy one. All I got is if I don't hit my, uh, my tethers, or I have you, no armor. You have your, you got your D and that's it. You know? Yeah. And I was in a weird, like my F to me has always felt like one of the squishiest she assassins. Is. Always. Even, be- even when she was broken, you know, and sure yeah. she was toxic and all that stuff. I'm not going to disagree with that or anything, but like she just never felt she like, even though she's got the invulnerability baked in, like they did a really good job of like making her feel vulnerable when she doesn't have that. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, just like build off that. Like I told you the story, two stories, like one was like, you know, blaze. Right. So he got all his changes and he's kind of more of, he's still an off laner cause he's still really strong and you don't need to even like 
use your abilities to clear because that's just how good he is. But like, for me, he's kind of like, I I just places like you know we were talking about security blankets when you're on lose streak. He's my security blanket. Him or Diablo, and <laughs> and like. I had a game where we were on two Spider Queen, and I picked him as an offlaner because the other guy wanted to go Nubarak, who I've been seeing a lot more. I still think a Nubarak shouldn't really be played that much because he's so blow upable most of the time. But, mm-hmm. like, so their team, they got a Kerrigan. She wasn't banned out. And um, I was like, whatever. She's Kerrigan's, you can deal with her now. She's not, like, completely broken anymore. But even still, she can still do a, a really good amount of damage. And so I was kind of looking at the talents. I normally don't. I normally go, like, the stim pack and stuff like that. And lately I've been kind of shying away from it in some ways because I don't... It doesn't give you as much mana as it did it before. And the CDR is fine. But, like, you're going to go um faster, right? So it, it kind of just... It, it doesn't really... I don't know. It just doesn't really help. The playstyle in, in some ways because the way they change his mana, mana gen. So I decided to try the new habits talent where you go unstoppable and get cooldown reduction on your trait. Cool. And so that just kind of triggered my thought process of like, oh wait, they have a Kerrigan. I'm going to go try in this trait build because at level 4 you get the um, Pyromaniac reduces damage taken by 2.5% stack up to 30% like super early on. And like if they're already got a team that's dive comp where they want to be in the middle of the fight right next to you, or, like, ideally, they're going to be right next to you. You just pop your trait and reduce, like, everyone who's around you's damage by 30%, you know, within the first four or five seconds of the, of the team fight. Kerrigan's dead in the water, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and she, what is she going to do? Hide away from you? Like, it's too late at that point. And it, it wound up feeling like a really good build by the end of the game. Because like you still go like crossfire at level seven to get more burst damage there, and then at level um, thirteen you still do your standard whatever one you choose to go. Um, either probably the, I guess if you wanted to nullify Kerrigan even more, you'd go to the spell power reduction. But like, I think I just did the normal spill oil spill upgrade. But like, either way, I just thought it was really cool to kind of have that like opportunity to try something that was completely unorthodox because you know. Sure. Blaze's build is pretty solidified right now across, you know, at any match. Like, it's not team comp dependent, really, for him, unless you want to get, like, auto text lows at 13. So, yeah. It seems like, and I think, like, with the changes also, it, it's kind of reiterated combustion, you know. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I go combustion 90% of the time at this point. Because yeah. I just don't yeah. think people are going to use the, the bunker to its full effectiveness, you know. Right. To do that, you need the uh, unstoppable talent at level one. You need to get your quest talent completed so you have the unstoppable, so you can you know e in. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Well, that's how you make sure the combustion goes off. (laughs) See, I just don't. I just love Blaze so much that I just get full four man stuns and just combustion right on top of that, and it's just glorious. But (laughs) like that, that when you're playing playing HEC, they see that coming, and so they're like, "Well, right." uh, I mean, that's. That's why bunker is a thing, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's why I was just saying, you know, no, yeah, you're this totally is right. something 
but you know, I watch a lot of videos, and so mm-hmm. like I kind of get that association why yeah. I should take certain talents. You're right. Maybe in Hero League, where people are a little bit less coordinated, you don't have to do that. Maybe you can get more value with cooldown reductions and stuff like that too. So it is, you know, you have to know your environment you're playing in. You got to know right. the people you're playing with, and you know, just like anything else, and that's all part of the creative process that is. <laughs> and it takes a long time to develop these things. Like I think my blaze yeah. is like 25. I mean, and don't even get me started with Diablo. I honestly think Diablo's in probably has one of the best talent trees in the game right now, overall. Mm-hmm. He has probably... I, pre- I personally probably don't know, know a hero or start really learning a hero until level 10. <laughs> you know? That's fair. It's not really hard It's not really hard to get level 5. You could play no. a couple of quick matches. And, and, and if you five. win, you're level 5 in like 4 games, if that. Yeah, the majority of my learning is between level 10 and level 15. Part mm-hmm. of my mastery is 15 to 20 to 25, you know. So, I mean, you know, and like I said, you know, but it really does require going into the lab, you know, going into the trainer. And, you know, and I think one of the things like Not Paradox did that was really good was he talked about auto attack damage. Getting, mm-hmm. knowing your, your hero's auto attack, go to the, to the dummy, right click on it, that's your auto attack mm-hmm. damage. Then start A moving around and try to keep that number the same you know right within like yeah we talked about this i think last week or two weeks ago i think at this point but but who knew that before you said it you know it's like you know until i didn't know that you know so right i mean it's one of the (laughs) it's one of those things it's it seems simple in concept right but in practice it's a whole nother thing Right. And I bet you he learned it from someone else that told him. Yeah. It's right. like, and you know, there's these guys that play the HTC, that you know, they practice 10 hours a day. They probably have figured all this stuff out, and that's how they share. Right. Well, I mean, to me, like, too, is, you know, as a, as a main tank player, majority of the time, you wind up not realizing that you're auto. Like, I, okay. I know sometimes when I'm not performing well enough because I'm not auto attacking as often as I, as I normally do, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. like, I'm getting bullied out too much. I don't feel safe. I don't feel like I can... I have the maneuverability to be able to, like, you know, do what I need to do in these scenarios, right? And I and I think understanding that, especially, like, a lot of the kind of meta tanks are some of the highest auto-attack damage tanks in the game. Garage being one of the higher ones. And mm-hmm. then Diablo does a ridiculous amount of auto-attack damage just because Diablo's always in everybody's face. Um... So, so it's just interesting to kind of notice that feel because sometimes you just, if you're just there and you're able to trade into people, you can feel it, especially as a tank, because you know because you know that they're letting you trade into them and they're not respecting what you can do. If that makes sense. There's a artist that's in the StarCraft community. His name mm-hmm. is Tempo, and um, he's got a bunch of songs. And one of his uh, the raps. Usually they're like rap songs, but one of my mm-hmm. favorite ones is his A move song. It goes A move, A move, A move. <laughs> and every time I'm thinking about, it, like I'm, I'm I'm listening to a song in my mind, he goes everybody A move, and then it's like I got oh man, now I'm gonna, I hate when I don't know the thing. But anyway, <laughs> the, the the end of it is part and win is basically the A so move like, and win. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna send this video. I mean, we should, uh, you should, link, you, we should link it I'll to d- the. He's got a whole library of like StarCraft videos or right. StarCraft uh, music theme songs, but they apply to heroes because obviously the same concepts are there. But I just love his music. I, mean, I got, totally, I got to really him. funny. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, I've met him a few times. Uh, oh, really? That's uh, cool. Uh, StarCraft events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, 
in a, you know, he's on Star, he's on like he he streams StarCraft all the time. So mm-hmm. he's you know he's a diamond level player trying to get the Masters. He's like us. That's what I love about him. He's performed at BlizzCon a couple times too, probably on the B stages. But oh, that's great neat. guy. Either way, still neat. But one of the things, you know, he's got that thing, you know, A, boo, A, boo. And so yeah. I'm thinking, like, you know, I'm, that's what I'm thinking in my mind is, like, you know, just, you know, it's the, even the pacing, A, boo. And then some I mean, it's like really, it's, like, really close to that, especially if, like, that's, like, a Phoenix. Exactly. You know? I mean, to me, I well, think if you're trying to learn how to auto-attack, go Phoenix, man. Yeah. Like, seriously. Like, if you just yeah. want to get good at it, he's got the smoothest auto-attack in the entire game. He's really powerful. But don't even worry about his abilities. You have, like, just use his W. Like, seriously. <laughs> and just learn how to auto-attack because it's really, really effective. One thing I don't know about Phoenix, and this is the thing, is when is the the Q, right? When I hit it, sometimes if there's a hero within, like, say, short range, it'll go mm-hmm. a small circle. But if they're further out, it goes the larger circle. So I don't know how it determines to do the short versus the long. So I, have to, I haven't put a lot of time on Do you have the smart cast on? Because I don't. I have the the release, so I can change the, the radius. You can. Okay. Maybe it's that's what it is. is maybe we have to change the on, on release or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. It might be part of that weird deal there. I, did, I think it's on quick cast. So yeah, I think it's, yeah. it's You might weird. want to take it off of that because I've done it before where you... You, you get to change the radius of that arc around you. Oh, see, I learned something right now. Yeah. It, it, it should, there should be selectability for something like that, because if there wasn't, that would be terrible for as an ability, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it just doesn't sound like fun well, at all. I think we... Well, c- carrying on with the theme with creativity, um, there was a survey this week. Uh, one of the, the... There's a person on Reddit that does these surveys. Uh, I think it's... Wells Heroes, uh, they do these surveys every few months. They were doing them quite frequently back in 2017, but then this year he's done them twice. And so okay. uh, there's one that we pinned. Uh, they're all heroes uh, related? Which, is that what it is? Yeah, it basically is what, you know, basically it's a, 12, a set of 12 questions. Um, the main part is like, you know, it asks you what's your favorite hero and it gives a drop down. It's a Google form, so it's pretty straightforward. You can choose any of the heroes that, you know, that you think are your favorites. Then you can uh, do what's current strongest hero. And this is probably, you know, it basically says first band material should be nerfed, whatever. You know, uh, then you choose what's the weakest hero, most anticipated hero, which Overwatch hero do you want to see next? Because, you know, and then he has these bonus parts, which are more like, uh, you know, yes, no, maybe things. The one that he has up here is uh, what should be the next hero rework, um, followed by should hero league and team league be merged uh, into one rank mode. He gives you several options uh, there, and then he has the wish list, and the wish list is pretty comprehensive. You know, from uh, do you want a new battleground, more than one new hero at BlizzCon, uh, new hero role labels. You know, he's, it's very comprehensive. It's like you know, this is a great list. They they really kind of did their homework there, and then um, they also talk about please rate the recent heroes uh, changes and additions. So any of the new stuff that's been put, and then ranked. Uh, other changes and additions. And what they do is they will produce a kind of like a, a infographic of all this information. So it's very easy for you to track. The fundamental question I had to myself is how the hell does Blizzard track all this information? I mean, you know, did they just listen to the forums and react? <laughs> did they have something like, I mean, because I've never given, been given a form by Blizzard to how to improve. This is like something Blizzard should probably actually have themselves, I think. You know? <laughs> 
and you said it's a generator roadmap of interest and stuff. But um, mm-hmm. right now it's about 400 upvotes on Reddit. I, I think we're going to keep it posted all the way up to, for a week, you know, just because it's hype for BlizzCon. Um, we'll probably adjust all the other stuff that we put up there so that this gets featured. Um, the moderators and I, we, we had a quick talk. And I mean, I just said, hey, I want to, I want to, I want to uh, sticky this. Anyone object? And I was like, nope. I was like, good. So <laughs> we're promoting the, the hell out of this just because I like to, you know, have it, you know, be reflective of the community. And, yeah. I mean, it makes yeah. sense. One of the other things I discovered this week about the forums. So the three forums I tend to kind of, well, there's probably four that I tend to um, kind of frequent is obviously Reddit. Here is Hearth. Um, I also go to Icy Veins and Here is Fire sometimes uh, just to see the builds that they have there. But their forums are not very active. Um, and then ultimately, I actually go back to the Blizzard forum. And one of the things I discovered today on the Blizzard forums or this this time is you can't post links. So the difference between... It's funny. Oh, really? I, I was thinking about creating like this diagram of what's the difference between the various forums. So like on Reddit, we don't let you link images directly into the post. That's one of the things you can do it. It's allowed. But we just specifically disable that um, feature on Reddit. Now, if you're using the mobile client, if there's what happens is the the image in your mobile uh, client on Reddit like will show the first image linked uh, in a in a in a post. But on the you know the web cli- or on the web based client or the one that you know, use on a PC or Mac or whatever, it, you have to click on the links in order to see the images. Mm-hmm. Just that's and the reason why is because of the number of mems we get, you know? Uh, yeah, that seems so about right. So basically now Twitch videos will automatically link the video or YouTube videos will automatically link the video within the post itself, but not images. So that's kind of the thing there. Moving to Hero's Hearth, Hero's Hearth is very, you know, liberal with their, their you can link directly a, uh, a YouTube video or an image and it gets right in the post. But the amount of comments and such, you know, it's not re- there's not a lot of comments. In fact, there's a lot of re- reposting of someone else's, like like your video, right? Mm-hmm. You'll post your video. I can share your video again, and it'll be in the same thread. You know? Wait, <laughs> you know? really? So, yeah. So there's a lot of duplicate. That's weird. Posts. <laughs> it's weird, but it's but I do think that they do generate quite a lot of good content, a lot of user generated content, and I think the reason for that is is that there's not a lot of criticism on that platform. Um, people, people are very supportive of other, you know, even my little crappy posts about, you know, grit and stuff get, you know, positive feedback and positive attention, you know, whereas if you put that on Reddit, eh, you're going to get, you know, if you say something that's controversial, people are going to downvote you and stuff. So, and then the last, you know, like I said, the Blizzard forums, you can't post any type of URLs or images or anything. All you can do is make posts. And I do think that they get the most new posts per hour and per day, but they're generally the quality of those posts are very low quality. You know, and but you know, I've kind of noticed that we, you know, the number of posts we get per day is probably in less than less than thirty to forty. You know, maybe we get more on the weekends, probably. Whereas, like on the Blizzard forums, you get like maybe ten or fifteen per hour. You know, uh, you know, because people are just constantly going there. I didn't realize how much people go to the the Blizzard forum and just complain, you know, or post something. But the amount of like mm-hmm. structured content or moderated content, not very much. You know, a lot of it's just a lot of questions and answers. And then right. I think the, quali- the the most you know one of the more qualitative uh, 
platforms for posting is Heroes Hearth, you know, or Temper Storm, you know, where uh, uh, Criti- Critical Kinder Chaos OS posts and stuff. Yeah. I and there's like, uh, then there's uh, Team Liquid. I used to go there for StarCraft information. They do have a hot section. Not not a lot on it, though. Uh, but, you know, it was interesting. We talk about creativity. I would say that the probably the, the number one creative platform in my mind is probably Heroes Hearth, followed by, right. you know, Reddit. You know, Reddit probably gets a lot more traffic just because we're Reddit. You know, right. but I always thought. But I've been thinking to myself, why don't you know? Since they've been expanding their empire, why don't they just have a Reddit called Heroes Heart? <laughs> it's like, you know, Reddit, they you don't. Know, R- but wait, what? But here's the thing: Do they need one? Because their platform is set up in such a way that it, you know, I don't know. That's a good question. But you know, what's interesting is like when people do talk about the Reddit. You know, they talk about it's our forums are associated with toxicity. You know, where we're toxic. Yeah. You know, there's toxic people in our community, and you know, I will say that I don't really encounter many toxic people in Heroes Hearth. You know, it seems like it's a very positive jive. Um, but anyway, you know, yeah. just my just thoughts. You know, random, <laughs> random. Things I can say Ran- random tangent. No worries. Fair enough. But it's not this whole like you know what is what things can improve the game and such. Right. So, uh, and then you know, obviously this weekend we're getting the HCC back. This is the uh, beginning it's, weekend for it's group Blizz- stages, right? Group stages. Man, I'm gonna be so busy this weekend. Hopefully, I'll, I'll probably. Hey, I guess these ones really. Yeah, I guess it kind of does matter because you don't know who's gonna be able to make it in or not. So, um, one of the more important things that hap- uh, that was also happening this week on Twitch is the Twitch drops are enabled for both HCC oh, and really? WCL. Yeah, so set up your browsers, you know, turn it into the HCC and just let them run. Just going to let so that Twitch get, stream all day. Get my loot boxes. <laughs> yeah, you get loot boxes. You get... Um, so are bits going to be still active? Or is that... Uh, I think so. No, I think you can still use bits to cheer. Um, I don't know if you should cheer. If there's like... Sometimes they have a mount or something, but I don't know. I yeah, there know. was... There, there's still like... We're close to the next mount, if I yeah. remember from two weeks ago. But yeah, the schedule hasn't really been posted yet. I mean, like Lerhorn, he no uh, oh, details the schedule. Oh, here we go. Uh, click on that just to see what days are starting. So not seeing the schedule. Oh, here's the schedule. So starting on Thursday at 12 p.m. I assume this is uh, Eastern Daylight. Yep, we have. It's going to start with Lunar Meow versus Temper Storm. 115, we get Miracle, Team Liquid, Tempest at the 1. Anyway, the HCC site does have all this information, but it starts at 12 noon on Thursday, uh, 12 noon on Friday. Wait, tomorrow? Yeah. Oh, God! Yay! (laughs) Warren didn't put up his his little... uh, He didn't start his little thing this week, I guess, so I guess we're not getting the uh, the brackets. Uh, Oh, okay. Didn't see him... He usually puts the bracket up, so like if you want to like uh, kind of do it. like you know, like a little fantasy league, right? Um, he doesn't doesn't appear like he's doing it this week. He asked for some volunteers too to kind of monitor these uh, games because th- he's in Europe, so I don't. Sometimes it's oh, like really? you know, he's in bed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's okay. got a twelve hour, twelve thirteen hour time difference. Yeah, than most of America. <laughs> mm-hmm. So anyway, starting at noon tomorrow on Eastern Daylight Time, you're gonna see you know start seeing matches. Then the same time on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, so that you know the group stages should be done by four o'clock on Sunday, 
uh, afternoon. The last match of the day will be Genji versus Miracle for the group stages. It looks like so. This what happens is yeah, everyone plays everyone. Is there, is there a matchup for somebody that? Oh no, never mind. You're right. Everyone plays everybody. Everyone plays everyone. Then you, you, know, you get scores. You can, you can get one. You can get one one or two zero. Know, that's mm -hmm. generally how it works. Per uh, and then the, the amount of points you get in your bracket determines your placing. I think like the bottom twos uh, get eliminated. Yeah. You know, so I think we're looking so at like China. Most of China is going to just drop out right away, and then <laughs> kind of depends on Dig and Genji. Apparently, Genji is not great when it comes to these events. Really? Yeah, I was listening to um, last uh, what was it last week's Heroes Hearth, not Heroes Hearth, mm -hmm. uh, Town Hall, and they were talking about oh, yeah. how Gen Z doesn't practice or they don't, they just think they're better than everybody else kind of thing, you know. And then it, and they're emotional too, so it's like, does Rich feel like he needs to carry kind of stuff? That that those kind of things. So they so in a sense they they feel like they can just skate through the. The qualifiers, knowing mm -hmm. that they're going to get a spot, and then yeah. just fight it out. Yeah, and then kind of like, do, does Rich want to put everybody on his back, kind of thing, or whatever? Like, mm. it's an interesting di dynamic, right? Because you yeah. know, if you look at it that way, that means then other teams that have a better team cohesion kind of could come and kind of take that away from them if they are not prepared. Mm. E even though we do know that Dignitas was in Korea. Um, boot camping and stuff like that so it kind of says who they think is best to train with or where to be also the i think the time difference is better going that way than it is going the other way if i hmm, right does that make sense or is it the other yeah it makes sense yeah because then if you're going from korea to california that's probably an easier time swap than it would be going yeah. from europe all the way europe. to california <laughs> what do they do? Do they, do they find some of the the kind of the open division teams in Korea, or, or some of the teams that didn't make it in there? And probably it's them? probably like yeah. the top three teams or whatever. There's probably a little bit of Gen G and stuff in there, but they try. Those are I don't know. There's probably a decent amount of sandbagging between teams. Then yeah, you know because they don't want to give away any scrims or whatever, whatnot. You know. It's a weird one, right? Because when you go to like regions like that, you're kind of like, well, these are our biggest competitors. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not. I've never played a sport at any sort of like competitive thing at that level, so it's kind of interesting, right? Like if you, if you had to like train with your, your own, you know, number one, number two in the world kind of thing. Right. Like, <laughs> it's got to be weird. Yeah, I mean, how do you model it? You know, and I mean, okay. there is, you know, like you said, they're sandbagging. They're not going to show everything. Um, you know, sometimes it makes you wonder if these teams should have like a minor team because the minor league team should like, imagine like, you know, if you had a team that you scrimmed with, that's, you know, that knew how you played, you know, then right. they could counter your play to force you guys to think something differently. Mm -hmm. you know? So I don't know. I mean, well, I mean it's, it's like, interesting. It's like football, right? They have yeah. enough players to kind of have cover both offense, defense for both mm -hmm. sides for practice purposes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It makes you wonder if some of these teams that they get eliminated also do they 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 come around and try to scrim to help prepare the other teams? You know, so. I feel like they could. I feel like the 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 amount of players that have like quote, pro level experience at this point could easily make up you know another whole HGC league <laughs> for mm -hmm. 
for, yeah. for at least the, the major regions, right? They could yeah. have enough players with a high enough skill set to be able to make teams that could kind of compete and give them runs for their money in their own ways. Interesting. Yeah, no, it's just interesting thought to see maybe that one day would that could be a thing, right? Yeah. You'd have, like, Group A, Group B, or whatever, or, like, unspoken yeah. unspoken teams that, like, work together or whatever to, like, prepare each other or whatever. Not unspoken, because it's not, that sounds shady, but... Yeah. But, you know what I'm saying. What's interesting is, um, I'm going to kind of segue out of this a little bit, but, right. uh... You know, so you said you listened to Town Hall Heroes this week, uh, this past week. So mm-hmm. we did get a yes, There was some podcasting news this week, and we kind of alluded to the one where Lords of the Storm is now part of the Heroes Hearth. They're partnered with Heroes Hearth. So whatever this, there's the, the word that partner means. is always yeah. <laughs> yeah so, Do well, they get money from them, or does this just get wrapped into the Heroes Hearth website page? So that's their new domain. They still host yeah. it wherever they host it. That's a good question. I don't know if they did, they get all the nitty gritty. You know, right. I mean, one of the things about a lot of these podcasts and such, they each have their own Discord server. Right. Um, they they tend to have their own distributions, um, and they tend to use a Patreon to generate their their revenues. And you can see their you know at least from the Patreon, you see their Patreon uh, intakes. The most the one that has the most money coming in is into the Nexus. They get about I don't know six hundred bucks a month That's in not revenue. Bad. Yeah, I mean, but they're also probably one of the longest-running ones. Uh, Quark has a pretty good uh, following, and, and they generate about $200 a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it goes, like, Gankbush um, and Trolls GG, which are they're in the, like, the $100 range, and then there's us that's at the $0 range, right? <laughs> but we, we do this as a passion we're, project. We're, not- we're, we're the full-on creatives. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing it for the money. We're just doing it because we just, you know for whatever reason. But, you know, like you said, you know, what is the compensation? Now, I will say that the squadron, you know, brings in the Twitch viewership. The, their strength is that that, that uh, Twitch audience. To which, you know, you know, when you're, if you watch the, the Sky's Toast uh, breakdown of how Twitch streamers make their money, I can see that they can be generating a pretty good healthy profit per month. You know, anywhere from a couple grand to maybe 10 grand a month. Depending mm-hmm. on the viewership and the subscribers, Kai alone probably has enough. She makes enough for her own living. Same with them at Pally Time. Um, it, you know, I don't know what the YouTube breakdown is. I know that Pally has been having a hard time with YouTube monetizing or demonetizing. You've had issues with. I that. even had issues with that, and I didn't even like my my right. thing got changed after the demonetization stuff was going around. But like, right? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really make much sense why they would demonetize videos for heroes. It's a teen. Yeah. It's a teen game, you know. And most, and most of the podcasts have a Twitch presence as well. You know, when they're doing their shows. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, to me, a partnership there's usually there's usually a strong partner and a weak partner. There's never two strong partners partnering. It's usually someone has the weaker position. Yeah. Um, you know, but they're looking to share revenues or what have you. So I mean, usually the the whoever like wraps one in is looking at the traffic source and believes in it enough to think that it's going to continue to grow and then turn into a stream. Mm-hmm. Is the ideal scenario, right? And so I I guess it's more of a brand now. The Heroes Heart brand is worth a lot, you know, which is so strange, right? Because if you think about it, if you're going to, like, I'm going to start a company, right? You say that. Mm-hmm. But then your, your next thought is, like, I'm going to start an esports company about one game. That's daunting. 
and especially one too that's Heroes of the Storm, which mm-hmm. is granted C maybe B tier MOBA compared to like League of Legends or something like that. Right, 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 right. I'm not I'm not saying that because I don't love the game. I'm just saying that because I'm just being really honest. <laughs> yeah. You're just saying it like it is. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, From just a revenue know. standpoint, right? Of like how much can you like, expect to like actually get out of this? Right. I'm yeah, assu- yeah. I'm assuming Workhorse and them they've done more look into how much market cap is available or whatever to be yeah. able to make something out of this, but r- regardless well, one of the things they are is influencers, right? Yes. They definitely have that influence on, at least on the heroes community, they have a level of influence. And that, when we talked about sports, you know, it's not about the money sometimes as much right. as about the influence. And, you Capture know, eyeballs have, and attention. Right. And they don't over-advertise. I mean, they, they advertise products they believe in, like Gunner Glasses, which I think I do think it's a little bit kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> I have two of them next uh, to me right now, speaking of which. Shameless yeah, plug. So. But, you know, <laughs> you can just get glasses these days with blue light reduction, and they're just as good, so... Yeah, I mean, that's what they are, right? <laughs> yeah. But they're special. You just want to spray paint? Did you want to put some yellow on your on your eyeballs <laughs> make yourself look like you're John Lennon? All right. Well, anyway, I have the Heroes of the Storm ones, so they're cool. Oh, you do? Okay, yeah. well... Ooh. Damn, damn, dude. Yeah. I did want to get a pair of ones, but... It's like, <laughs> I kind of have... I know, the prescriptions are like three, four hundred dollars more are than... Are they mine. really? Oh, my yeah, God. So like, See, I don't have glasses, so for me, it's just like, eh. Couple. Yeah, I mean, if you don't wear glasses and you want that kind of blue light reduction, go for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's probably a very cheap alternative than getting a pair of glasses with it. So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm, it I'm won't not. make you play the game better. It just makes your eyes not a strain. Yeah, it's just for uh, sleeping better. Ideally, is what it's really there for. For those. So we had these like. So we had these podcast mergers, which is great. And then, um, unfortunately, we uh, uh, Gankbush Squad, uh, Fringe Average, last week announced on his stream or on the show that he was uh, no longer going to be the host of the show. And so this week, you know, they're going to, you know, I guess they're just going to see which person, the, the, the what Gankbush crew, crew st- steps up. And so that we, I'm hoping, my, my only concern is both Town Hall Heroes dropped their podcast. They, they said, well, you know, uh, Solid Jake said, I'm not going to produce a podcast because I'm not paying for the uh, the hosting of it. So privately, you know, I you know, I sent him a message. Hey, dude, you don't have to pay for this. You know, Anchor FM, go for it. <laughs> you know, yeah. he didn't respond to me. So I, I, I think that sometimes these these folks don't like to export the audio from the, the VOD. I mean, it is probably, it takes them about an hour or so to do that. I've never done it myself. But unless they record a specific audio track, I think that they try to rip it away from the uh, the vods themselves, mm-hmm. which can be which can be intensive, you know. But it's a shame because I, I know a lot of people uh, really do like having podcasts because watching a YouTube video for an hour and a half just isn't in their wheelhouse, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, it's annoying too, right? As a platform, because you have to have the app open; you can't run in the yeah. background. It kills your battery unless you're like sitting by a computer or wherever you plug in your phone and you're just doing computer work or some shit. But like, I don't know. It just, I get it from like a laziness standpoint or whatever you want to call it. But like, I don't know, man. Like, this is what you're signed up for, right? And you got to work within the ecosystem that you put yourself in. That's just kind of the way I see it. Like, it's not like they do anything on their sh- on these VODs that are like, you know, you need to see it. You know, no. It's just people talking about the game. Sometimes they might show a, a win rate or something. I, most of the time, I don't even, I just put it on like a podcast, like a legitimately. Yeah. yeah. 
So yeah, this this um um you know sad to see the Town Hall Heroes isn't uh you know a podcast right now. If you want it to be, just you know tweet at him, say make it a podcast. I mean, he's got Anchor. Uh, he's got so many platforms at this point that it's like really easy to do. And he doesn't do like ads or like enroll ads or whatever. Like it's just literally ripping the file, dropping it in, and being done with yeah. it. You know. Now Gangpush, uh, I'll give Gangpush the credit. You know, but they have always produced a podcast. You know. Mm-hmm. Their shows. There's never been a week that I've done the podcast review that they have not that they have missed. They might have like not had an episode, but even then, Fringe will maybe put together like a small little episode, you know, during the week. You know, so they've not missed anything, you know, which has been good. And one of the things they like to pride themselves on the fact is that they're kind of mature, uh, rated. You know, they don't give a fuck about anything. <laughs> you had to say. You, know. you just had to throw it in there. I did, but uh, <laughs> they, don't, they don't care, right? You know, they yeah. just, you know, in the sense that they wanted their show to be their show. Right. Um, I mean, I think you, you should do that any- regardless. I think whatever you decide to do. Right, but they don't get any, they're not on the launcher, you know, like on the Blizzard launcher or anything like oh, that. Oh, I see what you're and saying. They kind of pride themselves in that. that you know, they, they grew this thing themselves, like two people and a microphone. And I and definitely a joke. Yeah, but you know that's uh, that's how we got our start. You know, so I, hey. you know, and the other thing that they're very passionate about is their league, their Bush League. It's like that's all they talk about, other than like the you know, the new hero release and the patches. It's like so their they're Bush very league. niche. Yeah, they're very niche to their their Bush League, and they're dedicated to their fans who support the Bush League. And this mm-hmm. is I want to kind of go off a bit about this because. I was. I also listened to Pylon, which is the one and probably only here uh, uh, Starcraft podcast out there. I saw you tweet control. about them, I believe, or tweet to yeah. them. Yeah, and they are the only really Starcraft podcast, and they're and they're somewhat consistent every Wednesday. Uh, they're taking a break for BlizzCon, but um, one of the things they do at the beginning of their shows, they talk about the news in Starcraft, and what they do is basically read off every freaking tournament that's going on in StarCraft. And I mean, it's like 20 minutes worth of tournament talk. <laughs> you that's know? crazy. I mean, right now on like uh, Here's the Storm, we have three uh, amateur tournaments for sign-up plus test. You know, we have the Heroes Lounge. We have the European Nexus. We have a mm-hmm. couple others uh, that sometimes get posted. There's this one called DGL. Uh, what's it stand for? I don't know. Uh uh, it's well anyway it's the dgl league you know we have like about a handful of tournaments in starcraft i mean in, in here's this term starcraft has at least 30 going on and some of them you that's know, crazy because some of the prize money is a pizza <laughs> that's awesome i mean so i was just like you know I really think that here's the storm. I, I would love to see more amateur tournaments. That's if you if you ask. They and I think that the do it. It's there, you know. Yeah, and, and to Gang Bush's credit, they are living the dream. They're doing you know what I I I really respect what they're trying to do there with that. You know, mm-hmm. and I think. You know, I, I mean, I haven't participated. Um, I know the people that do participate in it. They say, you know, it's fun because it's not taken very seriously. You know, there's not a there's mm-hmm, some tryhards okay. in it, but it's really just a, you know, you do the best you can, and the results will come. You know, and it's. Like, I am seriously considering myself as Hero Lounge. Uh, I did sign up. You know, I did. I'm gonna 
see if I can get into a team just to see if I can. I probably won't, but mm-hmm. you get my point. I definitely think that this, you know, to me, growing up as a kid, my parents bowled. So part of my <laughs> was going to the bowling alley every Thursday as my yeah. parents would join a bowling league. I think Here's a Storm is an exa- is a is an opportunity for something like that as well. So, and I think that that's how you get the new players. You might have a new player league, right? You mm-hmm. know where, and that's you know what was interesting is when I first started watching um, like Cavalier Guest, he was doing this thing where he would just bring in new players. They didn't have to know the game, and he would sit there and coach them. You know, and they had like a little league going on themselves. So. Once again, you know, I'm really happy with what those, those guys have done. And, uh, you know, Hope Fringe, he's going into investment banking. That's the way he's trying to become an investor for his, you know, for finance. So I hope Ooh, he fancy stuff. does well. But, uh, yeah, so that's – and I had to work that in there some way, shape, or form. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a couple of articles, um, one on Tempest Storm, uh, got a little critical chaos OS, yeah. I didn't get a chance to read it, so you're the one. Yeah, so it was just kind of like, you know, whenever he does his hero discussion articles, he kind of, um, you know, he evaluates all the the hero, the hero talents, right? And whenever right. he gets to 20, he's like, well, these are all insane upgrades, but I can't really say anything about which ones are effective because you can't really metricize it because by, like, you know, 16-minute mark, the game's basically over. You know, 50% mm-hmm. of the games are over before level 20 even hits. Um and so this is the, it's called the, where did I put it? It's the chaos. No, it's not. There's like so many articles here. Oh, level, level 20 quadrant, quadrant, theory. quadrant theory. There we go. And so basically what that means is basically that the, the heroes themselves is you kind of have four metrics that the, you can base around what your level 20 upgrades will do. So number one is macro. Number two is team fight. Uh, three is winning. Uh, which is a hel- that means like if you're already winning, does it push your advantage? And then the last tier is losing, which is um, is this a stall out tactic for you if you're already losing the game? And so kind he kind of just does a like overview of like Maev and Taronda and stuff as as like a you know an A through F uh, grading scale to to for different talents, right? And so okay. like. He, he says one of the things he says that's important is like you don't have many um, talents in the game that are are losing talents that stall out games longer because Blizzard has actively d- decided that they don't want that right you know in their game they want games to be over by 20 minutes and that's always been like a selling point for their game okay you know stuff like that you know and I, and I think it's an interesting way of looking at the game right and I just because I have so many games under my belt I kind of understand what they're getting at in that way. Yeah. And this is just a microcosm, right? He's just basically saying when you analyze heroes, all heroes, yeah. you're, you're looking to classify them one of these four. Yeah. One of the four their, buckets, basically. And more importantly, it's their level 20 tier talent. That's just, what you're trying just to level classify. 20. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I can definitely, so it's, you know, with, uh, with my Ev, knowing that like Shadow or Vengeance, that's right, yeah. you know, for the W. He, he uses my, yeah. my Ev as one of the, the key case studies in his little example. Because basically, she just does that and deletes someone. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so, and then I guess the uh, Tarande is more of a is more of a stall or like a losing. Yeah, they, he talked about how her upgraded twenty is pretty insane, just for winning even more, and then her, that like 
Her Ice Blade Arrows is another one of that, like, insane quality for value. Whereas the other ones are kind of okay. And then the, the one he said that is kind of, like, part of the losing category. Like, the, it's not to say that they only fall into one category. Yeah, it's that they they can fit into multiple but get different grades in different ones, right? Okay. So, like, Continuous Wins from Brightwing could be a stall tactic, but it does fall into other categories as well. Or even, like, Falstead's Gust upgrade, right? Could be yeah. a stall tactic. I think one of the things I always wonder about is the level 13, 16 synergy spike. Because that's where the power spike yeah. happens, right? For all these heroes. And I think that's also a good... I think, like, I like what he's proposing, level 20, if you can analyze that. But also, like, which heroes have that power spike? And I think that both mm-hmm. Not Paradox and someone else did a video about power spikes. Mm-hmm. You know, and knowing when those power spikes occurs... Like on Zul, you know, sp- I think Zul gets one of the most earliest power spikes out of all the specialists with his Q build, you know, um, you know, because he can he can start dishing out a lot of damage uh, by level thirteen, um, you know, and knowing that there's heroes that have those power spikes along with this, I think is a very interesting way to analyze heroes' mm-hmm. effectiveness, you know, and that's probably why some of the heroes like Tassadar or the Lost Vikings, you know, like I would say the Lost Vikings have an early power spike, you know, but, and they're level 20, you know, they have a couple of things they can do that are kind of funny. Um, but I don't know if they're like game changing. And I mean, like basically with the, the, everyone takes the town that makes their, all three of them hit like a truck basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, so yeah, it's an interesting uh, analysis of how. Yeah. I mean, he's always talked about how hard it is for him to analyze those talent tiers and, it's an interesting yeah. idea to think about it that way. And like a lot of people, when it comes to analyzing power spikes or the power, the creep, the power creep and such, they looked at magic, the gathering as like, kind yeah, of that's like, what his, that's what he referenced there. Yeah. But they see, everyone seems to go back to the magic of the gathering and, and use them as kind of the uh, reference, the reference architecture for discussing these things, you know, per se. Hmm. That's interesting. I'm, I don't, I'm not too too adept in the magic world, so I wouldn't know. Neither am I. I played it. You know, I, I have a Black Lotus. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who are in the know. <laughs> yeah. It's up for sale. If you have five grand, you want to just throw me five grand? Give black <laughs> oh, my God. I have a friend of mine that has an Alpha Black Lotus. What does it's that mean? Is that like a first edition? First edition. So it was the first one was printed. Now the Black Lotus is one of the most powerful cards because it gave you three color, three any of any color mana. And at the and when it was for, it was like one of the most powerful cards and still one of the most powerful cards. Oh wow! But it's also the like a, a Black Lotus recently sold for a hundred thousand dollars on eBay. Just to give you a point for a, a twenty five cent investment. <laughs> Ooh, well, that's a good Ooh. investment. Yeah. Now, there's two articles from Critical Kitten that uh, made it in. The one I, I want to talk about, and I didn't link, but I, because I've been playing a lot of Mephisto, was Mephisto's success rate uh, thus far in HTC. Let's just say Mephisto has not been very successful in nope. HTC as of yet. Nope. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, his article there, you know, I, it was great analysis. Um you know, I think the problem, you know, if you ask me what the problem was based on what I've been able to assert here is that Mephisto was picked rather early in all these drafts. And mm-hmm. I think when you pick Mephisto kind of in the early, you know, the early part of the draft, he's more vulnerable. You know, I think, you know, you're going to have to f- figure out if he goes in the mid or the late part, he might have a little bit more success because he might not get countered. 
I think that's, you know, I mean, that plus his power and his, and, you know, his play style and his vulnerability is probably, you know, definitely the vulnerability of being stationary at one spot when you return. That for pros is probably, they're just waiting. It's a huge tell. Yeah. That's why I say you might have to, you might have to take them later so it's not easily countered. Yeah. I just don't know what, like, you know, when I think mage, I don't think of someone like KT. If if that's what your team needs. Yeah, Jaina's got a lot, you know, I think Jaina and Li Ming are like, you know, and and sometimes crummy now because, well, more so crummy now with the reworks and the, the rebalancing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, anyway, yeah, TL, TLDR, not as, a, not as successful yet, but maybe we will see some interesting play this weekend. I definitely think Mephisto will be picked several times. You think so? Um, yeah, I, I definitely, I'm... I, I, the damage is there. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you mm-hmm. pick the right builds, the damage is there. I can it see depends it on, on the like map. Two lane maps. Possibly. Yeah. Anything you're fighting over a point or a two lane map, mm-hmm. it's probably you're going to see a Mephisto pick. My question is this do you think more Durance or do you think Consume Soul? Consume Soul. You think so? Because, see, yeah. to me, I think his Durance of Hate is such a good talent for setup. True, and I, you know, I think like you're saying, you you kind of favor the Q build, and if Q build favors that kind of straight line, yeah. you know, and piercing targets and building spell power, and then you know, just if you put if you do that plus if you do the uh, the one you just mentioned, the heroic plus Durant's the Q, hate. yeah, yeah, and then just zap on top of them with an E, you know, yeah. uh, you know, it, you know, it could work, it could definitely work, and uh, you know, but. Uh, you know, and I don't know. That's a. That's, I don't play. I haven't seen. I didn't watch the matches. So I don't know what the builds were used. Pretty much. Yeah, I don't remember so either. I, it's been a little while yeah. since I've. I, mean, I can get a pro builds and look that right. up real quick. Yeah, I'm get a pro builds. I don't know if it's super necessary. But yeah, I definitely think that you will see him. I think you're going to see that. You're not going to see Malganis, right? Because well, no, I don't, he's Malganis. not. He's not active. I don't think yet. So we won't see yeah. him till probably the GCWC, right? If they're still yeah. doing that. I definitely think you're going to see white mains. Um, a lot of white mains. She does not go oom, mm-hmm. dude. Still yeah. doesn't go oom. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So white mains going to be there. Deckard's there. You know, possibly Tarande. Uh, maybe not so many, much Tarande because of the nerfs. But uh, I still think Tarande's they, really good. Do you think double yeah. support is going to be a thing still, though? I definitely. I mean, we saw it in the finals, right? Yeah. So. You know, I definitely think that there is the hyper carry with a Hanzo or hyper carry with a Vala or, you know. It's weird that Hanzo can be a hyper carry to me. Well, that's the hyper carry. Because <laughs> yeah. he's just not like a traditional auto attacker, you know. Well, well, if you have objectives like, you know, Battlefield or Eternity, right. definitely. I well, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Then there was another article, uh, the Seven Days Later article. Mm-hmm that up real quick this is where you know who's up who's down <laughs> who's left who's right <laughs> anything so, anything noticed uh obviously Malganis is like you know crazy 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 <laughs> but ban and win rates mm-hmm. uh his win rate in hero league is 57 percent 0.6 and in team league it's 57.9 
Um, another good uh, indication is Anna's win rate has increased in Team League to percent <laughs> So because now her, even though people are complaining the fact that it, she's got a fully health, uh, full health target, if she needs to put like a, a like a cleanse on them, uh, it's going to pierce them and go right through. Oh really? Sucks. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. But, um, yeah. That'll get changed. I guarantee it. And then uh, he analyzes the uh, the level ten and uh, the level ten heroics for uh, uh, Mulganus, and uh, it's carriers, uh, carrion swarm. Uh, it look it's looking like a sixty nine percent pick rate versus dark conversion. Remember, dark conversion is the reverse of the uh, of the uh, Alexstrasza heroic. Where uh, you oh, know, that's a good way of he, describing it. Right, you walk, you go, and you get all your health taken away, and you walk up to someone, and you take away their health, and you give them a big. Uh, I think Chaos article though. He said you can actually heal people if you use it improperly, or if they outplay you. Well, yeah, I mean, you're walking up with low health, you know. So no, 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 no. like, like, you. like if you get healed, say you pop your alt, and then you hit get hit by an ancestral, it'll mm-hmm. swap. Okay. Yeah, but it only happens during that initial ca- calculation, like that point. Seven five second cast time or whatever it is. Yeah, so you need to tell the Rhaegar, hey, back off, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> don't like don't heal him. Like like yeah, like if you don't like say you're like at fifty percent health, then you could heal again. Now you're at higher health than whoever you put it on. It'll mm-hmm. take away your health and give it to. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's gonna be some funny videos on that one. I guarantee it. So the fundamental question is, what are they gonna nerf on Malganus next Wednesday? Um, that's a great question. And KSOS said that the the E being interrupted while it's being channeled should put it on a full cooldown rather than being interrupted during cast. Does that make sense? Yeah, that seems to be consistent with what they're doing with everyone's heroics these days. You know, no, that's not the heroic the E. That's the E of the. I know. That's what they, that seems to be a consistent behavior. So. Yeah. The other, I don't really know, because to be honest, he feels weird to me still. I, got, I haven't really had much success with playing him. And that's maybe mm-hmm. because I haven't seen other people play him at the highest level yet, so I haven't really figured it out. Mm-hmm. But it just feels like his, his engage is very linear. Mm-hmm. And he can get shut down by, like, Annas and things like that. Relatively you know, the, so Junkrat's trap build is actually getting some value now with him. And that makes sense, too, because he's able to cover so much ground randomly. Yeah. That it when, yeah, like he just gets punished by roots and things like that. So I don't know if it's just. Pe- I I'm not really sure if he's broke as broken as people are making him seem like. Well, definitely in the first couple of days, it seemed broken. It seemed like he yes. he could just basically one you could one v four a group of uh, heroes and just walk away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? And so I think people are learning like stuns and you know to right. kind of block his last cue and yeah you know, that kind of stuff. So I think that there's definitely counterplay there. Um, you know, part of it I wonder is does he get too big, too much shielding? I mean, he seems like he has like he can generate a lot of shield. You know, yeah, his um, armor uptime is kind of crazy. Yeah, so they um, might nerf nerf that of like you know the ten, the standard five points. Yeah, or five I, I just don't know. Like for me, like I was trying to think of like what's his role, like main take, off take, whatever, and he kind of is like in the middle, like he's not really either or, <laughs> you yeah. know, and. And what what I saw, I forget who it was that posted it. It was on Twitter. But basically it says, Blizzard struggle to have a main tank or re- release a new main tank 
is that they... The original tanks, like Murden, Diablo, ETC, Johanna, like, those kits that they have are so stacked, you know, with what you want in a role for a main tank, that when you add a new one, you really can't deviate from those things, right? But they already have those things in the game, so you really can't, like, you know? <laughs> it's hard to, to add something new when you already have all your bases covered, right? And, like, when I think of, like, a tank that I want to play, I'm just, like, Diablo all day. Like, see? <laughs> and Well, yeah, I think his, like, his, like, bruiser role is he's more of a dive. You know, so he's, he's yeah. enabling dive comps. So that's that's his kind of role in, like, being a bruiser. Right. And in his main tank, uh, you know, it looks like he just focuses on, uh, you know, just having presence in the, in the front line and making it so people don't want to enter that zone. Right. So, um, he, you know, and Chaos OS did do a, an overview of Mugganus. You know, he did the breakdown of all the talents and everything. Yeah. And at the end, he did... This is a second article that I think I sent that to you earlier. You did. I, I read it. Yeah. Naturally. I, I love reading those articles because they really help kind of yeah. understand what his character is about. Like, and from so, the number side of things. And so he... Uh, you know, basically his synergy is with Illidan. Is uh, what he kind of uh, discussed. Also, Anna and Malthiel, mm-hmm. he's got good synergies with. You know, so yep. those are the heroes you're looking. At. He's get he's good against uh, Rhaegar, Stitches, Tracers. I mean, so if someone picks a Tracer, you pick him against. You know, so that's because you can kind of sleep him. You know, so right. Nice. And then he counters uh, Deckard's uh, Malfurion. And Anna, he can counter an Ana sometimes uh, with his dark conversion. So, um, so there's a, like yeah, I think he did a really good analysis of 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 where Malganus is. Um, the nerfs themselves will they kind of change that uh, that matchup? That's to be seen. Um, yeah. You know, so, uh, but I think he did. A, it was one of the better articles um, that I've seen on the, on Malganus. Just yeah. it's very comprehensive, especially towards the end. Um, where he kind of just kind of talks about the, the the builds and stuff. I think his sixteen talent tier is really boring, except for blind to the uh, blind as a bat. Yeah, but that's the one like everyone says. You know, it's like they they've they've tried like people said they've tried to like if they're like in a close proximity to guide the person and stuff. But by the time someone says something, it's like it's it's already over. Yeah, they, they you just kind of you just kind of have to go go ham. And then there's been. Some- there's been some discussion that if you pick up like healing wards or something like that, mm-hmm. like some type like one of the that that when you're using that, it actually uh, negates the um, the blind blindness, and you can actually that's see weird. What you're doing what? Yeah. yeah, it's kind of a bug. <laughs> that so. is for sure a bug, and will probably get fixed. What's interesting is I do have enough gold to pick them up, but I think I'm going to wait till next Tuesday for the price drop. I was going to say the price drop should be soon, right? Yeah, next Tuesday. So I, you know, I did grind out enough gold to get them, but it I just think shows you're back in. Tonight. You're back in it now. Yeah, I'm back in it to win it. So, yeah, it feels good to have gold again. <laughs> <laughs> but what the you know, Blizzard's been really kind of good, you know, about fighting gold sinks. Like every um, every major patch that you know, every four six, but it's like every like six to eight weeks, they have a mount now that you know you want to purchase. For yeah, gold, the ten thousand so. gold. Yeah, so they got the next one coming up, which is like uh, this fabulous-looking uh, unicorn-ish thing. <laughs> it's like a horse. It's a white horse with a rainbow mane or something like that. It's all yeah. It's all it's all for me. So I got way too many. Oh uh, yeah, I forgot about that. Is that out already? 
No, it comes out next week. Oh, it's next week. Okay. Yeah, they like it was like, you know, when they did the um, uh, what was it, the uh, Mad Max? Yes. Theme, you know. So I didn't know about that uh, that one mount, the one that's like the saw blade. Kind yeah, of the mount, saw whatever. floating saw blade mount. Yeah, that is my favorite mount of all. It's really cool. It's like, and the thing about them is, is like they didn't make like fifteen different colors of it. It's just got that red color. I'm like, but it's it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's because yeah. it's animated. You know, it's like floating. Yeah, and yeah it's got concentric circles. Kind yeah, of doing exactly. That. It's neat. So anyway, and then we're gonna round out the show. There was two battleground discussions. Remember that we are. Uh, taking a break on hero discussions because we've covered them all uh, and we're reviewing the battlegrounds. And the first one we talked about was uh, Braxis Holdout. The, that was last Thursday's um, discussion. And it generated, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, not as many upvotes as a typical hero post, but definitely there was some engagement there. I think, you know, either you like Braxis Holdout or you don't. <laughs> um I think the recent changes they made in July with regards to the, how the capture points work and how the Zerg waves are generated are positives. But you can still snowball the hell of this map, in my opinion, you know, if you don't have the right comps. Um, I don't know, like, what's your opinion on Braxis Do you Is it one of your favorites, one of your least favorites? Uh, yeah, like, Braxis is one of those weird ones, right? Because, like, it's kind of smallish for a two-lane map. Because mm-hmm. you can you can take shortcuts across the middle, right? right yeah, and like for me, it's always been like that map was like if you want to go for a blow up style comp, like a very in Lee Ming or whatever, like you could snowball games and end very quickly. Um, but since they did the change where the the beacon is a, is contested if you put a baby toe on it, mm-hmm. it's kind of stalled out games longer. So heroes like Diablo who want to fight in those tight little chokes all the time and, you know, lightning breath being as powerful it is and stuff like that. It's really, it really feels like a tug of war map now rather than a snowball map. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, it's not bad. The, the camps are powerful, at least the firebat ones for like creating stall uh, tactics or like trying to break the stalemate for mm-hmm. getting lane pushing. Um, other than that, like, I don't know, like, Dahaka's really strong in the map for obvious reasons. If played properly. I don't hate it. It's not It's not a Black Hearts. It can't make games go long, though, because of that change. Yeah. Um, you know, to me, I, I think a lot of people know how to play that map that I've encountered. Generally, I see a lot of people picking a specialist, like, um, this is probably one of the better maps for Sylvanas. You know, just... Yeah. Be- I had a Zool one game. It wasn't that bad. Yeah, yeah just go and just wail on the towers, and they make, you know, I mean, basically they get, they can get tremendous value. Yeah. You know, and Genji's I, really strong on the map because of his rotational abilities. Right. To be able to gank. Warrior wise, when you're looking, the most popular warriors on this map have been Diablo. Uh, mm-hmm. Diablo is probably the number one warrior on every map. Yeah, I mean, Dia- <laughs> when I was playing Diablo before he got his rework, I was literally like, yeah, Diablo's great on this map. Oh, Diablo's great on this map. Like, when I was streaming, like, heavily. It was like, Diablo's great on every map. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't get as many bans on this map, but you know, he does get a lot of games played. You know, out of all the heroes that get banned the most, uh, warriors that get banned the most, he's probably, he's one of the more banned heroes in the map, warriors, but 
he doesn't get a lot of bans. I think the a lot of people ban assassins looks like you know for that. But Diablo, I want to get rid of that KT. Yeah. So Diablo, Muradin, Varian, Johanna, Artanis, and Garrosh seem to get the they're like the the the, the one thousand plus where Diablo is around the two thousand games per in the last seven days that have been uploaded to us. You know, some site that one. Um, when it comes to like your uh, your supports, uh, filter uh, Anna seems to be um, a support. White main Anna, Lily, Bright Wing. These are the top supports for this map. Um, I'm surprised Dakar is not higher up. He's high. He's like number five, you know. And then Alex Straza, and then Tarande. But you know, White main just because it's White main. Anna, because she can shoot through walls, and there's a lot of walls here, you know. Oh, uh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Uh, Lili, you know, because it's just Lili. Lili's got that, you know, that small buff this time, so she's getting, you know, number one, if you don't know how to play over support, people are going to pick Lili. You know? It's terrible. So, but uh, Decker's definitely there, but I think Decker's lost some value since he, uh, the nerf to his uh, level 13 talent, so maybe that's one that of the and blessing the agents, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. The loss, you know, losing that, plus you have to put your healing pots everywhere, maybe just doesn't uh, can gel, gel well with folks. Um, huh. Assassin wise, you always got to hit the filter button. Uh, Kelethus, Gildan, Raynor, Varian, I guess playing Jaina, you know, Phoenix, Ragnaros, uh, and Thrall are all, and Genji, and Kelethus. These are all like your top assassins for this map. Uh, all for Is that you know, counting Gen- Tank Varian too? That's interesting. Nah, it's, it's going to be the DPS version, Colossal Smash. I see a lot of Colossal Smash. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense because it's really good for flanking on this map. Yeah. And then specialist, uh, you know, a lot of Asmodan, a lot of Nazebo, a lot of Sylvanas, you know, and and some Zagara. You know, I think Zagara is kind of the dark horse in this map. She used to, I think, it used to be one of her dominant maps, but now yeah. it's, I think, yeah. So it's weird. Zagara kind of totally fell off, like super fell yeah. off. Even though she got some changes, to, you know, I don't think the changes were really. I mean, she's well. The I guess the the heroic changes were kind of devastating. Like her uh, her Nidus network, they made yeah, it so that's that, huge. Uh, yeah. So that was probably the the biggest change to her. But she can still damage. I mean, she's still a beast in the lane. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't underestimate a Zagara. Especially late game Zagara. If it's a good Zagara, no. But on average, Zagars are not that great. I would know because and, I used to play Zagara back in the day a lot. Yeah. And um, you know, the typical rotation is a four one, you know, with a with if you take a global that's for the ganks, you know, so that that's generally the the opinion. Now that you can, you don't only have to step a little foot on the uh you don't have to get a full one hundred percent. That's another thing to think about in this map. It used people I still think try to get hundred percent wave. I think if you get at least um you know, uh, a large percentage, maybe go for the camps, you know, you know, uh, try to get some of the camps pushing and, and get some value there. You know, don't, yeah. Don't, they give the losing team at least 50%. Yeah. They get like, you know, at least one or two, uh, you know, you can generate as many as, you know, I think the maximum is four of those range dudes and 
three of the, the ultralists kind of At things. least two. Two, two. Of the big, two of the big guys, yeah. But anyway, you get a portion of them anyway. So it's not like it's devastating to lose a point. So mm-hmm. don't sacrifice your team to do that. Just, you know, there's other objectives. Hell, you probably even sneak the boss if, <laughs> if you're right. fast enough. You know, it's like if they're constantly running back and forth trying to cap points. Or just go, you know, cap a point and take their take their uh their fort, you know. I mean, you know, that's that's an uh, that's an optimal strategy. Yeah. But like I said, I think um, I think a lot of people like get said, frustrated, just like try to force a fight because like shit, this isn't going anywhere, and then they just right. overcommit, and then one team loses too many. Well, the one match we played, you know, where I was playing Zeratul, you know, and I screwed it up, but <laughs> there's that was a pretty intense match where we, you know, we went back and forth, and ultimately, you know. I think it was just, we took a bad engage at level twenty, and that's mm-hmm. that's the thing. You know, it's like that's a map where you're in it until the very end. So if you keep fighting and you get like a level twenty uh, team wipe, or even if you get an advantage at level twenty, one or two heroes down, you can go to the core and win. You know, so I, I definitely think you're in it to win it. You mm-hmm. know, if you, even if you do lose your forts and one of your keeps, you know, it's like I think you can still win that match. Right. So. And then, like I said, I do think specialists do get some value there, especially a Savannah who can split. You know, she can go off lane after the after the bot after the um, objective and push the other lane. Uh, I've seen it many a times. So, you know, and that could be an Asmodan or Azul as well. So, um, the last uh, here discussion was uh, yesterday. It was uh, Cursed Hollow. Um, that one didn't get us. Much attention as the previous one. Oh, it was about the same, I guess. I was. It goes up and down sometimes. Um, uh, not paradox didn't do a video, so I had to rely on uh, getting some older videos. One from Ryoma. There was a caterpillar video about the uh, tribute uh, and the guide for the tributes, um, and then uh, there was an older guy from last year from Nihilism Gaming. So they were kind of the basis there. Most people feel that this is one of, since it's one of the original maps, it's one of the most balanced maps, it's one of the more familiar. Almost everyone has a positive, uh, you know, kind of uh, view of this map. It's a staple of the HTC. Um, so, and I think it's got a well understood uh, meta where globals do get you an advantage on this map because it's three lanes. Um, you know, uh, I think. Camp timing is is crucial also as well. You know, getting a hero that can get the, that early camp in the top lane or the bottom lane for your hero. Um, mm-hmm. Typically speaking, if you get to uh, tribute advantage, you should go boss on the third one, so you just have that advantage. Um, that's generally the standard practice I've seen. Um, when you Only do, if you have an advantage to get said boss. Well, you know, basically, you should just let the third tribute go. Go get yeah. the boss. See, that's know. that's yeah. the important thing to say because if you say just go get boss after you get two tributes, equals right. throw pit. Okay. <laughs> you can, it, well, it can be. You, you got to be careful. <laughs> Can't just tell people to go get bosses. Yeah. Well, some people like <laughs> to get the other boss. I've seen it many times. Let's go get their boss. No, don't do. It. Yeah. yeah, we're doing it. Okay. Were you in the game with us? Where they had we had like wiped three of us, but it was still early enough in the game, and we were able to come back. No, I don't know. Did, I can't remember if you remember that, but no, like, I, I don't know if you were in that a, one or not. I played so many times that I've had so many comebacks on that map. It's yeah, crazy, I know, me too. So. But like, basically, we had this p- point where we we literally like we're like about to die, or like we all died, mm-hmm. and then they decided, oh, we just got a full team wipe. Let's go do their boss. We were all up in time to basically steal the boss. 
So like it does feel good when you can steal their boss. It also feels good when you know they you know they're doing bossing and you and you you know you steal their boss. You you, you attack them while they're on it. And that's my mm-hmm. that, I do love that. That's kind of a fun feeling. So you know obviously Diablo gets a lot of value on this map, a lot of walls. Lot, you know everyone's running you know surrounded by a tribute, so he's got tremendous value. Meridian's got good value on this map. Jumps in, stuns. You know. I think the camps are fun on this map. Yes. They got a variety of what they add to the game. Johanna and Dahaka. Obviously, Dahaka's got a tremendous value in this map. Mm -hmm. He can be up late, soaking, and and show on up, show on down the uh, lane there. Uh, I seem to have a lot of success taking Johanna when I have to play a tank on this map. Um, You know, basically because they're you know basically everyone's in your little throat in your circle, so you can constantly keep them stunned. Mm -hmm. Um, Artanis great on the camps if you need them to um great in the swaps you know so uh tremendous value there so uh support wise um lily seems to uh lily and braywing braywing i think is probably the number one here on this map uh, only because of the global you know and the uh ability to do emerald wins on the point you know so mm-hmm. uh you know, that's the one here you might want over your pool. Lily, because it's Lily, you know, jugs, just blinding everyone. I just really value like, Taronda right now. Yeah. She's number four. I think so Tor- far. I think Taronda, honestly, just as like what you look for is like having a stun in a base kit is huge as a support. Yeah, yeah the stun and the owl. The owl you can yeah, the, the, the owl, Yeah, the the amount of vision you get from that is really good too. Come on, how many times have you seen an owl go at the uh, the opposing team's boss? Oh, look, they're doing boss. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly my point. Like, having that kind of vision is just really powerful. Because, like, we it's don't know where what camp are they at, uh, they at kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Main's got a lot of value in this map right now. So. Mm-hmm. That, the assassins for this map. And doing a quick look. Genji, probably. Thrall. Uh, Varian, number one. Varian, I guess, Colossal Smash Varian. Rainer, obviously, you know, doing his thing. Calathus, Li Ming, Hanzo, Jaina, Falstad, Genji, uh, Cassia, and Kerrigan. You know, there's huh. your Mephisto is also got is is showing up. He's more in the uh, honorable mention role. But then you know, Gankers too, like Zeratul, Thrall, Phoenix. Uh, they're all they're uh, so Valera doesn't seem to get a lot of value. Nova or Samero. Uh, or Tracer for some reason. So Samuro what, does get picked on this map in the HCC. As a yeah, macro I pick. Think, yeah. Because you can just take down forts and keep... Well, you just, you just be, the do the clone, the master clone, yeah. and then you just micro yeah. them to every lane, and then whenever they like try to respond to him, he's gone already. Right. You know? And then you put his... Then you uh, then you also you can put an Aberthur hat on him too, and you yes. can pretty much take down forts and keeps. So. Yes. It's ridiculous, honestly. See, see, that was like one of the things, like kind of weird tangent, but like that was one of the things I always imagined Samuro becoming. You know, when you have someone who's able to master the micro of that that hero, and on a map as big as that, you know, you're able to do things that are just <laughs> terrible. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like it just that is just so frustrating to deal with. I, I you know. Well, there's a lot of articles on Reddit, like one almost every other day, that talk about the power of Samira. You know, the fact really? that his win rates are high now. And, are they really? You know, it just, I don't see yeah, it played a lot at all. Neither do I, but I think, you know, he does get played. And like you said, you know, uh, if you take the image builds, uh, you do 
you know, it, it, it's one of those things, macro practice. If you can practice them and you get yeah, good at them. I don't, ha- I don't have that kind of finesse. I think if you just watch a lot of grubby videos, you could probably learn through osmosis because he probably, plays some But I don't really yeah. care. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, the thing about it is he can do camps, right? Uh, he, you know, can bully someone in a, uh, you know, he can do one-on-one bully, you know, for the most part. And, you know, like you said, he's everywhere. So basically he's like a, spe- he's, he's like a pseudo specialist, you know, in my opinion. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he really spe- is. The specialists that get value on this map are Osmodan, Nuzibo, Avatar, uh, Zagera, because it's a three-lane map. Sylvanas, she also gets some value on this map because it's three lanes. So mm-hmm. pushing towers, pushing keeps, you know, that kind of stuff. Overall, you know, like I said, the strategy, it's a, you know, one 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 and have two two roamers. Uh, if you can get a split soaker, like between top and middle lane, you can go four stack and maybe get ganks. You know, mm-hmm. that's another good strategy. Chinese bush meta. Does the yeah, Sylvanas uh, four stack still work? The cheese towers? Uh, I think it can. You know, I mean, or the cheese pirates, I guess. Yeah, well, cheese pirates is more on uh, what was it? Sky Temple. Uh, Sky Temple. So, yeah. But it could work in theory with the Morales, Sylvanas. Well, I've uh, seen Zul. Remember, uh, there was a Alex Apergi video where he played Zul, and basically what he was doing was split soaking between mid and top, and he was soaking the we- the ways before they made it to the the fort. So he was kind of like in that. Oh kind of right, weird I zone. forgot about that. Like in that no man's land between the keep yeah. and the fort. Yeah. So basically, his, his uh, minions are piling up on the uh, the top fort. So by doing that, like getting because there's like that little sliver of space you can get there uh, to stop them. So Is that on bottom, using that no, mid no, top, top well, well, bottom or top because yeah. it's like you know, in, that, in those it, in those opposite corners of the map, right? Right, he was just sneaking in there, and he was just getting tremendous value by killing the wave before he even got to the fort. His waves huh. were crashing into the. Uh, That's interesting. Yeah, and he was split soaking that way, you know. And you know, Zola, like I said, you know, if people don't get it, you know, another tactic I've seen, and this is sometimes on Battlefield of Eternity, um, but I've seen it also on uh, on maps like this, is a Genji going in and taking out the wells, you know. Yes, I've seen uh, that. It, it's happened. It happens on like uh, Tomb of the Spider Queen, Battlefield of Eternity. Mm-hmm. You know they're taking out the wells, and that, you know that's a tactic too. It's kind of a cheesy tactic, but it seems to be effective. It's annoying more than anything else. Mm-hmm. I don't know how effective so, it is. It's annoying as an effective talent, like or thing. <laughs> so tomorrow's here discussion or battleground discussion will be on uh, Dragonshire. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, once again. It, but Dragon Shard is one of my favorite maps, and last season I did really well with him. This season, not so well. And, hmm. you know, I'm not sure why. Maybe it's, you know, hero meta change or something. Could be. So then next week we'll have the last two Battleground discussions before BlizzCon, which we'll probably be covering like both Sky of Foundry and um, probably Tomb of the Spider Queen, I think, will be. Maybe it's like, you know, V is, uh, so there's two T's, right? Well, no. Mm-hmm. S T U V. So yeah, S is so, so Tomb of the Spider Queen and Sky Temple will probably be the two next week, and then Sky will be the week after. So. And then there's only ten maps in the here. Uh, I think there's ten maps in the hero pool. Um, so, and then we'll decide. I'm going to decide if I'm going to do Blackheart's Bay and 
the ones that aren't played. Mm-hmm. Most likely, I will do. We will t- discuss Hanamura and uh, Gardens of Terror, just because they've been reworked and they probably right. will be in the uh, Hero League rotation starting in season four. Um, uh, but Blackheart's Bay probably not. Um, I don't. I, I don't foresee that being in there. No, I, I don't think there's not much value in that. I don't think that Warhead Junction. I think people think Warhead Junction needs rework just because it's you know the objectors are so far away. It's like you know, yeah, it's like it's like two football fields worth of uh, new travel. So. Mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty much what we got this week. Sweet. I don't know. If, do you got anything else you want to add in here? No, I, I think we covered all everything. Like. Right now, it's kind of a little dead space, just because of the way with BlizzCon coming up. Yeah. You know, next week will be we'll talk about groups and a little bit of like what we expect to see BlizzCon stuff. You know, but there's yeah. no balance patch yet. There will be expect- a balance patch on Wednesday when we record. So next we'll week, right? Be able to talk about the, yeah, yeah, we'll be able to talk about the balance yeah. patch. So I think is we should dedicate it to the BlizzCon wish. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. The, the next week will be the BlizzCon preview. I- and, yeah, exactly. Hey, boo. <laughs> Give me all the things. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully there's no leaks between then and now so that we don't get spoiled sooner. Agreed. I, th- I think I'm going to actively try not to look at any leaks. I mean, there was some guy leaking Hogger today, and it sounded like he was being that authoritative so- about it. <laughs> that sounds like a joke, because I don't know. if. The- I mean, we know the model exists at least to some degree, but... <laughs> mm. No one's going to no get excited for Hogger at BlizzCon. No, I mean, not even a little know. bit. That's not something you release at a PAX East. Exactly. <laughs> it's one of those whimsical heroes, not not your serious heroes. Well, the, a couple of things to kind of you know kind of stoke the fires for next week. There's been no Overwatch heroes released this year, so we could be up for a couple of Overwatch heroes um, for hyping. Oh, you're right. Um, everyone's been wishing for Imperius with all the uh, Diablo news. It could be a you know uh, another Diablo hero. Uh, that's a possibility. Um, we could just, you know, I think the expectation is two heroes, but we could, you know, they could switch it up and only do one hero. I think I'm resolved to the fact that they're not going to announce a battleground. I think that. Yeah, I don't think so either. You know, I think that they're, you know, their focus this this year is going to be completing what they promised with uh, matchmaking and, and uh, performance based matchmaking, hero swaps, uh, you know, lost forgiveness. I think it's it's going to be another one of those things where they heavily focus on that stuff. I hope that they do make a commitment to the social aspects of the game. I think that you know we do need some social tools in this game. And then maybe from that build, you know, build a roadmap for the coming year. If they fix all the matchmaking stuff, can they look at the new player experience and you know maybe add some challenges and stuff? Yeah, that's fine. And then so I think you know the projection for this year is we got eight heroes up to this point. We're looking possibly at ten heroes total, which is down of about five heroes from the previous season, you know, previous year. Mm-hmm. So they they release between they're usually releasing about fifteen heroes a season. I'm okay with ten. I think ten's a good um, as long as they're also balancing with number of reworks as well. You know, just making sure that the older heroes are getting some attention. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's I don't all know. I got. Um, I think the the one thing I kind of expect just from what I've seen and heard is soul lane things. It's pretty stagnant. Yeah. For for like interesting gameplay mechanics for that, mm-hmm. like there's really not much going on there. So I would hope mm-hmm. to see something along those lines, just as a little well, teaser. 
They did talk about resource management. Mana doesn't feel good, right? And running out of mana feels... Yeah. It's either here it's got no mana problems or they got mana problems. Right. And I think that they, they kind of want to look at the resource generation. How do they generate yeah. resources? Rather than looking at a mechanic change or shift. Yeah. I can see which that. Is, and which could be kind of interesting, you know. I, maybe the mana thing is something that's just artificial and holds the game back, you know. And you know, maybe they can find a better like the one of the things we liked about like Morales was they took away the mana and it's just got this energy and she auto attacks and generates energy. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, you know, maybe that's something they'll consider across yeah, the board. Yeah. Like, what if Blaze had fuel tanks instead of mana? In yeah, some way. and I you don't get, know. and you and you gathered resources either through yeah. killing minions or you know something. He needed combustible materials, so you need to kill minions to get resources back. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be so much fun. Turn them into oil, yeah. <laughs> right? That'd be so funny. You have to burn them to crisp with your auto attacks before you can get more oil spills or something. <laughs> but you know, well, it'd be interesting to hear what they have to say about it. Maybe yeah. you know, maybe they're they're far far along. It sounded like they were just in the experimental stages, you know. You know, the other yeah. thing that uh, I'll make a comment real quick. And then, so previously, I know like when Heroes was first released, and I know StarCraft used to do this, they used to have the summit where they would bring in the notable personalities. Now, generally speaking, for the most part, they already knew what they were going to do. So basically, when they did the summits, they were just announcing the, to the uh, streaming community and people in the know what, their, what the changes were going to happen within a month. So um, I haven't really. This year, I don't really recall hearing about that. So I don't think it was like a thing this year mm-hmm. for both WCS or them. I can see where WCS is less, where StarCraft is, they don't have to do that as much. They're not releasing as many new uh, features and stuff. But, you know, here's, you know, yeah, I could see where they could bring in the, the, the hype train with the streamers and maybe get more people excited about, mm-hmm. you know, some things like 2.0 and stuff. So. Now, but uh, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, I agree. Well, that's all I got for you this week, guys. I'm getting a little tired, so yeah, I'm, I'm over here trying not to yawn at the microphone right now. <laughs> we have one. I get up at five o'clock Eastern Standard Time every day. Oh so man, this like, is a super long day for you, man. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so if you're looking for me, you can find me at, at, at LDAP TV uh, on Twitter, or you can just uh, watch me. You can contact me through Reddit. Um, I'm one of the administrators there, so hit me up this week if you have any questions. And you guys can find me at Eric Wenzel on Twitter as well, or you can go search at feedingcuriosity.net and uh, check out my other podcast. And that stuff's moving along itself. I'm like booked up for three weeks with that one. So check it out. It's always moving things around over there too. So yeah, that's all we got today, everybody. Peace.